Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., everyone to the spotlight as you heard from big dick mlj i'm jeremy lambert that's steven jensen this is the spotlight thank you for joining us here on this beautiful thursday morning jensen how are you buddy doing fantastic dude doing fantastic can't complain ready for a good episode today good day at work good night my brother's birthday i gotta shout that out happy birthday brian my brother i'm always talking about him on the show hey. on his birthday today so um, hopefully I'll be seeing him a little later, a little later tonight, but, uh, but yeah, man, how are you doing? Good. Happy birthday to your brother. You're going to go to Dave and Buster's damn it. <laughs> um, if it was Wednesday, like yesterday we could have, we probably should have, but we were watching, I was watching dynamite. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it, it's the Wednesdays is the big key to that. Cause it's the half off games. It's hard to, it's hard to justify the, 
Um, now I've been saying for a minute, and this is no plug because I'm definitely not in spot. I'm definitely not in endorsed or sponsored, but, um, I know that Dave and Buster's, I, I heard, you know, JR is incredible, you know, Dave and Buster's damn it on, uh, on commentary the other day, we talked about that a little bit last week, but, um, <clears throat> I, uh, what they need to do, if they want to bring in the wrestling crowd to those, they need to do half off games when the AEW pay-per-views are happening. They would actually have people turn up. I have no idea what kind of what kind of traffic they got for this last one. They, they might have been packed out. There may have been no one. I have no idea. But if you could pair half off games with wrestling fans getting to watch the pay-per-view there, that'd be a that'd be a, a real home run, as uh they'd say on Always Sunny. It's a real a real home run. But uh but anyway, I wanted to throw that out there. I, 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 I'd be interested to go to Dave and Buster's to watch an AEW show, to be completely honest. But I don't want to do it at full price, so that just is. They what it do is. the, they do the like live, what a, like pay per views, don't they? Yeah, they do the AEW pay per views. They do, they do yeah. WWE pay per views. Um, they might show some like select UFC pay per views. Um, <clears throat> we're over here just like plugging the hell out of Dave and Buster's, but, um, <laughs> but hey, if you if y'all hear us. You know, I'm a big fan. I put up there's there's proof, video proof and photo proof. Dave and Buster's last time I was there, which was actually like months ago, I put up 44 runs on Baseball Pro, which is a game where like to win your to win the jackpot, you need 16 runs. Like 16 runs is difficult. I put up 44 runs last time I was there. So if y'all want to give me some claps in the chat, I very much appreciate that self-esteem boost this morning. Thank y'all very much. And if anyone from Dave and Buster's is watching. We're looking for sponsorship right here on the spotlight, so we uh, we can definitely have that conversation. Yeah, David Buster's, damn it. The best is like how there's like a 15 second <laughs> pause, and then like I, I, whoever I, I I don't know if it was if it was Taz or Excalibur, whoever whoever says or it was Jericho, I think somebody else is like David Buster's, damn it. All right, I'm gonna give him your new catchphrase, Jr. Because like you can't tell in the clip if he's like annoyed with Dave and Buster's if you like Dave and Buster's you can't really tell (laughs) uh Jim Ross is the best the absolute best Dave and Buster's damn it (laughs) oh we got a big show everybody uh not Paul White uh later on around 11 o'clock a.m we have our interview with Bobby Flacco who just won the Scenic City Invitational Rumble he'll be competing in the Scenic City Invitational Tournament coming up uh when's it when's the tournament Jensen May uh yeah in the summer i don't i don't know the exact date i don't have it off the top of my head but it, i know yeah. it's in the summertime it's in chattanooga tennessee um they air it on iwtv unless something changes i'd imagine it'll still be on iwtv um so uh yeah bobby flacco great 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 interview great guy there's a lot of buzz for this one i saw a lot of people from new south and action and stuff like retweeting the the link yesterday and stuff so uh so yeah really good really good mike from indeed says in 127 days i don't know exact i can't do that kind of math in my head right now the, the, the date the exact date when that is but um go on to give us the date in the chat we'd appreciate that uh yes bobby flacco just won the sei rumble uh talks about motocross very very fun discussion about some motocross his travels traveling to south uh, uh south america and everything that he has ventured down there talking about uh working in the WWE thunderdome as well training under ar fox so bobby flacco if it's somebody you've not heard of just yet keep an eye on him and just won the sci rumble seem to do big things in the the southeast region this year and probably beyond the southeast region this year as well so really fun interview with him we did about 40 minutes with bobby that'll be airing around 11 a.m eastern but Jensen, let's get into the world of professional wrestling and let's start 
with your favorite topic. Do you want to be a professional wrestler or do you want to be a WWE superstar? WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. <laughs> what is the sunglasses? Where did these come from? That's one I brought the, you know, brought the Cody Rhodes shades a little bit, the American Nightmares. Are they, oh my God. Yeah, oh, got, the, got, the American, got the American Nightmares going. Let's go. We're going to talk oh, some WWE. Of course you have the hoodie yeah. on. Of yeah. course you have the hoodie on. The sunglasses. Oh, don't worry. I got more Cody. I've got more Cody Rhodes merch rolling in too. Like every, I, I keep dropping stuff and I keep buying it and just like the boxes keep coming. And um, I can't wait until he wins the title so I can get some like, you know how they always put up like when a, when a team wins a Super Bowl, like minutes later, there's like the merchandise you can buy. I'm going to, the night of WrestleMania, when that stuff goes up, I'm buying the Cody Rhodes is the champion t-shirt, the finish the story t-shirt, the do the more do the work t-shirts. I'm buying the memorial um, memorabilia with the plaques and the, the piece of the ring and the whole, if there's, if there's any sweat or his blood or anything on like something they can sell to me, then like, you know, send it on over. Um, I'm not be spending multiple paychecks on Cody Rhodes wins the title stuff at WrestleMania. Anyway, let's get into the topic, Jeremy. Why are we wasting our time talking about this? <laughs> uh, Kyle legitimately threw me off. He's wearing them the whole time. I was like, wait, was he? <laughs> no, he wasn't. I don't think God, so. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I, I I thought you like you could convince me that he was. I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, I actually went back and looked at the uh, on demand. I was like, was was he actually? No, he no. wasn't. Get out of here, guy. <laughs> Dude, I like um, that. Dude, thank you, Kai. That's a good bit too. I that's I like that a lot. Uh, all right. So Jay Uso has made his decision. This is what we're going to talk about. It'll of course lend itself to Cody Rhodes. Uh, Jay Uso made his decision. He came out at the end of Raw. He kind of skirted by Jimmy. He hugged Sammy, who was in the aisle. And Sammy, they they threw up the ones. Which I, why are we throwing up the ones here? That's acknowledging Roman Reigns. What are we doing here? And then. RJ kind of stepped to the side, super kicked Sami Zayn, grabbed him by the beard, threw him in the ring. Uh, Sami got attacked by the bloodline until old the American roller coaster made the save. And let me tell you, Jensen, I know you love Cody Rhodes. Yeah. My wife, when Cody Rhodes' music hits and he comes out, we're, we're, here, we're sitting in bed watching this and she just goes, I'll get the fuck out of here. She is it, was. Is it because she's so invested in? Is it because she's so invested in Sammy that? She, oh, she loves Sammy. That, she thought Sammy should have won. I mean, I'm with her, but sure. she I, she's not a fan of Cody Rhodes. I got to tell you, not a fan of the roller coaster. I'm sorry that there's this beef between my co-host and my wife. I know which side I'm on, uh, but yeah, not a fan of Ro- Cody coming out. And then he comes out. The Usos scatter. We had the big promo segment on. Smackdown between Cody and Roman as well. Gotta say your boy kind of got cooked on that one. That was a that was at least a 10-8 for Roman Reigns on that. No amount of facial ticks was gonna save Cody on that one. But recap the week in the world of Cody Rhodes, Steven Jensen. Well, first of all, dude, you know I love your wife. I I, I flew out to y'all's wedding. I have the little magnet that you sent me for like being at the wedding. It's on my fridge in my living room. Like I appreciate y'all. It isn't my fault that she has bad taste in her favorite wrestlers. That isn't on me. Yeah, I agree. Okay. If if we if we were um listen i i get the whole Sami Zayn. i get it dude we talked about that week after week i understand the the how how hot he was with the crowd and he's still getting good reactions and stuff and i i i get it but 
Cody's also my guy, and that's what I'm what I'm here for. And like, I'm not alone. There's a lot of Cody Rhodes fans. The pop he's getting is is very large. Um, it's getting it's getting more and more. You know, especially with that whole whoa, like everyone's getting behind. I'm surprised they didn't catch on more in AEW with the way that they like to sing along with stuff and cheer and, and you know be a part of the show. So like, I think that uh, as far as like his his week, I, I guess um. I liked I liked him and Roman face to face a lot, um, and, I, and I know we're gonna get more of that. And that's kind of the stuff that I was talking about before, when people were kind of over the the Heyman and Cody back and forth. I was like, well, wait until we get you know Cody and Roman, because then I think we're gonna really be off to the races here. Like once once they start getting personal with one another, and I love that Cody, you know, mentioned him and his buddies, you know, doing this indie show, the 10,000 people showed up to, but they can't name the show. And then they can't, of course, name what it led to with being AEW and all that stuff. Um, but I like that they're acknowledging, which they have to, by the way, in my opinion, because there's, there's a lot of younger viewers. You, know, you need to say something? No. Oh, knowledge. Sorry. Acknowledge sorry, sorry. I see. Um, which they need to educate the fans on, I should say. That might be newer fans or younger fans or might not know Cody, honestly. Like there's there's fans that have watched WWE that have started, you know, since up, you know, before Cody returned and, and after he had originally left WWE. Um, there's gonna be people who have no idea that only watch WWE that are like, last time I saw this guy, he was Stardust. Like, what what's happening right now? How did how did this why why is he this guy now? So like I think that you have to do what they're doing and let the crowd know how big of a deal he became when he left. And then that, and that's why the version that we're seeing of him now is so credible and so good. And why he came in and all of a sudden the you know, stardust slash, you know, the mustache guy slash, you know, the guy who just never really, the, the third member of legacy, you know, they always, they always highlighted DiBiase more than Cody in that group and stuff. And like there, there's all these things that I think that these preconceived notions that the WWE audience probably had of Cody before he left. And if they didn't follow his journey outside the WWE and they're just seeing him again now, it'd be very confusing. So I like that they're pulling the curtain back on this stuff. I love that they're pulling the curtain back on the Dusty stuff as well, because there's a lot of realism in that too. Dusty Rhodes, the whole Dusty's kids thing, that was a a gripe of Cody's before he left WWE originally. He used to say that in promos as well. Like, y'all are talking about Dusty's kids, Dusty's kids, Dusty's kids, when they're talking about, you know, like Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens and these guys. And he'd be like, I'm Dusty's actual kid. And he got me dressed like a fucking space clown. Like, it's like, you know, you know what I mean? That was an actual quote. It was like, you know, so it's like, I, I, I love how they've, how they framed all this. Cause it caters to someone like me who's followed the whole journey. It caters to the hardcore fans, like the indie type fans or whatever that don't even really watch WWE, but they're watching now. Cause they, they like Cody and they're like, you know, fuck it. Yeah. I might not like the rest of the show. Cause I know I'm not alone in that either. There's a lot of wrestling fans that love Cody because they're fans in AEW, they're fans in, on the Indies, or just fans of him in general. So they, and that's why they have the whole Cody countdown and stuff on Raw. They're literally telling, like, hardcore wrestling. You, fans, you, Jason. They're like, they're like, hey, listen, you might not really be interested in the other three hours, but like when Cody's on, we see that y'all are tuning in. So, um, so anyway, I liked all that. Um, I liked the back and forth with him and Roman. I think we're gonna get more of that, you know, the next few weeks. Um, and I really liked the other story going on. It's all tied together, which I've been talking about week after week after week as well, which I keep saying is just as important as, as you know, Sammy losing and Cody winning and KO and, and Sammy reuniting and this whole thing. There's all these pieces we're seeing 
backstage, we see Cody and Kevin Owens in the background during a segment where Cody is clearly telling him like some sort of game plan or like, you know, get back with Sammy or whatever's going on. Like it, like Cody's mediating this. Cody's the one at the end of the show who came out and that felt so much to me in a great way. Like I was watching like mid to late WCW or something where like the end of the show, the heels are beating up the baby face. One dude comes out and clears house. The, the old, the, the white meat baby face clears the ring and the fans are actually cheering. Like there's no indifference. There's no silence. They aren't booing the good guy. Cause it's the cool thing to do. They're cheering the good guy for coming out and saving the other good guy. And we're trying to re- we're trying to unite the three biggest good guys that they have uh, to take down the stable of bad guys who has been you know on top for the last three years. So that's a long roundabout way of saying I really really like where all this is going. I think it makes total sense, and I think we're getting exactly what we've been calling. Usos are going down at Mania from KO and Zayn. Cody's taking down Roman for the for the world title, and then we're off to kind of a new landscape in the WWE. The new Shield. The, the indie shield I guess they all came shield. from the, Roman didn't really come from the indies um not Roman, Cody no, uh, Cody uniting Sammy and Kevin I see a lot of people kind of complaining about this of like why why is he the mediator here and you know can't they figure out their differences sometimes you just you do need that mediator and Cody like, whether you like it or not it kind of makes sense. Right, I, I tweeted this after Monday, and I I truly believe they're going to go this direction with things. Kevin Owens was the guy who told Cody when he left WWE, "Get up with these two guys from from California, the Young Bucks. Let, like, they'll take care of you. They'll they'll take care of you on the independent scene, and just kind of follow the road. Get up with them and everything. And we know what happened with all of that, right? That was Kevin Owens." doing so i think cody's gonna bring that up he's not gonna mention the young bucks but like they did with all in like they're gonna work around it and he's gonna be like you know what you gave me that advice i'm giving you this advice like don't turn your back on this person like we all we all go through stuff you know he thought he was being accepted here and what happened happened but you need to trust him and you like you got to come you're stronger together to take down the bloodline i'm also just gonna throw this one out there i don't actually think they're gonna bring this up in the story who was the first person to bring up aew on wwe television steven jensen to actually say aew on wwe tv yeah. was it owens i don't know is that what you're getting at it was sammy Zayn in really? that stupid electric chair nobody remembers this because it sucked the electric chair segment Corey graves like hot seat on raw like right after AEW had started. And Sami Zayn is like, I could even mention AEW. And it got like kind of a who's and ahs from the crowd. So Sami Zayn was the first person to mention AEW on WWE television. Are they going to bring that up? Probably not. Does it kind of play into a bigger story if you want it to? Sure. Like you, you can mention that if you would like to. Yeah, nobody remembers the segment, Kai. But everyone kind of remembers that Sami Zayn was was the one who said it. Yes, the electric chair, whatever the hell they called this thing. So there are pieces at play with all of this. You could even, if you wanted to, if you wanted to mention Cody, or not Cody, uh, Sami and Kevin's contract came up at the same time uh, last year, and they both re-signed with WWE. Everyone thought they were going to go to AEW, especially in the case of Owens. 
Uh, they thought they were going to go to AEW, reunite with Young Bucks and everything. And, oh, they're going to be the great El Generico and Kevin Steen again. This is what we've been waiting for. It's like, nah, we're not. We're actually going to stay here in WWE. And then Cody, of course, came to WWE. You can, can play that up if you want to. I'm not trying to fully make this an AEW versus WWE things, but it is a factor in all of this when it comes to Cody Rhodes because he was the one who left and came over to WWE. If you don't want to bring any of that up beyond what they've talked about with All Out, there's still the story at play of just the human element of Kevin and Sammy fighting their history of being friends and enemies and friends and enemies and everything. And sometimes you just need that guy of brothers fight, knock this shit off, get together and go after the people who you're really mad at. Go after the people who wronged you and take them down. Because if they don't have their titles, if they don't have all their gold, if they are not the heads of the table, what do they have? Like we already saw the cracks there. What do they have if we continue to strip them of that? So it all makes sense to me. I understand if people are mad that Sami Zayn should have won the title and they don't want Cody Rose involved in this at all, but they've chosen Cody as the guy. They sealed away the envelope five months ago that Cody Rhodes was going to win at WrestleMania and that Kevin and Sammy were going to win at WrestleMania. They have some, they've had some good segments so far. I think Roman got him on, on SmackDown. I thought Roman's promo was better. I do want to ask you about the involvement of Dusty Rhodes and how much Mm -hmm. they are bringing up Dusty Rhodes because Cody said like he didn't really want to mention Dusty in that promo roman of course brought him up did the impression which cody has said before like not a fan (laughs) people doing the impressions and in the case of roman it makes sense right he's got the history with dusty in the case of seth rollins it made sense got the history with Dusty. in the case of baron corbin did it make full sense maybe not i don't need them overusing dusty in these promos what about you yeah, no, I, I I understand, like, both sides of wanting to and not wanting to include it. Like, on Cody's end, he's probably thinking, like, it's almost kind of, almost kind of cheap heat, really, you know, because it's, it's, it's low-hanging fruit. It's easy to, like, attack Cody because, like, he misses his dad. Everyone loved his dad. It's going to always hit everyone in the feels. Um, so it's, like, an easy way to, like, for someone like Baron Corbin to get heat in something meaningful against someone like Cody. But like, um, I understand. And also Cody probably wants to do this on his own in a lot of ways too. I get that also. Like obviously Dusty is a big part of his story, but this is also equally, if not more about, you know, Cody doing all these things along the way and all these sacrifices he had to make and stuff. And like him, winning the big one for himself too like because a big part of this also is him leaving AEW, him leaving an evp job him being a mentor and like a you know running a company and being like the the leader to being like listen i don't have to do any of that stuff i just want to focus on me and just become the champion finally and so there's and also cody's looking at it like he's even said this in his promos he looks at this like trying to win a sports world championship Roman, this is like a personal ego, head of the table type thing as well. He wants to be the best, but like he's also this this has a lot. This has a lot to do with like ego and power as well. 
and and, he, and Roman and the bloodline have made it very personal. Whereas Cody keeps saying, or you know, he's like, I'm I'm just trying to be the world champion. You know, that's all he's trying to accomplish here. Finish the story. So there's 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 a lot of layers to it, but I understand why they why they include Dusty in it. I don't I don't personally have a problem with it, but if Cody does, I understand why he would. Um, so there, you know, there's all that. Um, and then there was there was something else I was gonna bring up that had to do with this too. Oh, yeah. Also, I want to bring this up, and we've talked about it in past weeks, and this is important. There, and this is a big part of why they're they're having Cody be the mediator here, is because it's way less likely the fans turn on Cody now before WrestleMania at WrestleMania, if they know he's aligned with Sammy and Kevin, like he's on their side. It isn't him versus them. Who is better and who's going to like Sammy had his shot. Cody's getting them their next or helping them all get their, all of their shots at WrestleMania. And, you know, so it's that, that's a big key to this too, is like there he's aligned with Sammy. He isn't against Sammy. If he was like against Sammy and the fans had to really choose between the two of them, that causes a lot of problems, I think, because I think Cody gets a lot more boots. You know what I mean? So I think it's really smart how they put them together as a team. So you're you're rooting for them collectively. See, I I think there could be backlash of we wanted Sammy, now we're getting Cody, and they are lot aligned together. Like we don't we don't want this. We actually don't want them aligned together because it almost overshadows. Sammy like I think and I think this is my wife's problem with the issue is like why the fuck is Cody coming out here and saving this man like what does Cody have to do with all of this the thing is is bless my wife and other fans like her the fans are still cheering for Cody Rhodes the vast majority of fans are still cheering for Cody maybe there's a small sector on Twitter of like oh shit here comes the savior Cody to to do godlike things but the the ones in the arena are still cheering when Cody Rhodes comes out and that's going to matter more than the small sector on social media. It just is. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, to kind of, to all, all these points we're both making, <clears throat> they had, you know, Sammy lost to Solo Soko on SmackDown. Like they're trying to cool off Sammy to a degree. So that, yeah, those I don't are, like so that, that. I, but I'm not, I'm saying I understand what they're doing. I think it's pretty clear. Like they're, because his his reaction on SmackDown wasn't anything like what he's been getting recently, I don't feel like. But his reaction on Raw was was big, so it was kind of, I was kind of a little confused. Because on SmackDown, they didn't the the his, this this sing along with the song was it was way quieter and like it just seemed like the whole thing fell flatter. And like I said, he I mean he straight up lost. I mean I know there was there was some cheating or whatever, but like he straight up lost to Solo Sokoa. So I I think that they're that's pretty clear what they're doing there, right? Like they're they're trying to like kind of more or less like train the fans to be like, okay, look like Sammy, it isn't like, don't turn on Cody. We have not chosen Sammy. Sammy's like, it's not Sammy, but like, you're still going to get a big moment from Sammy. But like, I, I just think this whole thing has been like, and, and it has to be carefully crafted because we all saw what happened in AEW to Cody. And like, that's a very possible thing for to happen again at some point in his career where we just see the, the fan base totally turn on him. And then what? And, you know, so I, I, Cody, you know. Cody and AEW a little bit different in the fact that like he was obviously an AEW original and they loved them at first. And they kind of turned on him because of the new wave that came in. It's like, Oh, we have CM Punk. Now we have Brian Danielson. Now we have Adam Cole. Now, like we love these guys. And the turn happened a little bit 
before that it started to to get a little bit but like malachi comes in it's like oh like all these WWE guys came in and it's like oh okay we have these great wrestlers and we love the elite we have all these great in ring guys cody bless him not the work rate guy that these guys are i think cody is in some aspects like a better worker than some of these guys but not just the the high intensity work rate guy that those guys are now different environment for cody where he is that outsider coming in i don't think there's much like there, there's going to be much like turning on Cody any anytime soon. And I hope I've, I honestly, I hope I'm correct in this because I don't like when, Oh, he's got the title. Now, now we are just going to boo him because well, you know, he, he's got it. Fuck this. Okay. We saw what we wanted to saw. Now we're just going to boo this guy. Like we don't, we don't need that. And you know, a shock is kind of mentioned in the chat of like, Oh, Sammy could have won. And then it would have booed him. Like, I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think it had Sammy won. Uh, they'd be like, oh, okay, well, we saw the story. Now let's boo this person. I don't think that would have been the case. I think they would have rode with Sammy through WrestleMania and maybe even beyond that. They were definitely trying to cool off Sammy Zayn. Uh, they, they did that with the loss. They did that with the attacks. They did that with, with Cody being the, the big savior of everything. It's like, oh, this guy needs help now. So look, they, they picked who they picked. And they picked the, the, the American roller coaster, right? I know you're happy about that, Steven Jensen. Not everybody is fully happy about that. But I will say the people that are unhappy about that are just kind of the vocal minority with this stuff. Because if you listen to, I'm even sure they're the vocal minority. I think it's just the minority. Because the vocal is still really loud in those arenas. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at with it, you know? Like, I... And I mean, I can't say enough times. It's nothing against Sammy. It's nothing against Owens. It's nothing against any of these guys. It's just this is a new. This is a new opportunity for the WWE to have a new face of their company. And, and another thing about Cody that this is going to annoy certain people that I say this, especially if you're outside the U.S. And I completely understand it. But like, look historically at the WWE and who they've chosen as the face of their company. You go back to Hulk Hogan. He was the red, white, and blue. Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. USA kid for the superhero for the kids right you go farther bret hart was kind of that he was like a canadian version of it but he was like the good guy the 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 like the national like guy who was like proud to be where he was from and like good for the good message to the kids you know you know all that kind of stuff then you go a little farther the steve austin attitude era stuff the the message there was a little bit different but that was more that was a different era he was going against authority though he was going against against authority authority. he was going against authority for sure that it resonated with the crowd it's what america wanted at the time was like that was what what represented what what the the, how the how the late 90s felt the whole vibe of the late 90s was what stone cold steve austin was bringing to the table then you go a little bit farther john cena very similar to like the hulk hogan and a lot of the kind of stuff we're talking about the the hustle, loyalty, respect, the the HLR, the the um, the never give up, the 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 you know saluting and the the Marine and USA and the tribute to the troops and representing America. I mean, it's like there's a lot of similarities in a lot of these guys. Look at Cody; he's got an American flag tattoo basically on his neck. He's the American nightmare. He's you know they tried this with Lex Luger, the USA, the Les Express, the whole thing. That one didn't work out. Lex. But I'm, but I'm just saying, like, there's a trend here of, like, Cody fits what they've been looking for for a long time in a top baby face. They just haven't had that guy to fit that exact mold, and Cody is that. Even though down to the bleach blonde hair that a lot of these, 
the guys that, that become the top guys have it's, it's just it just is what it is like cody rep, like he's then he's your next kind of like hogan cena guy until they can figure out who they want that next guy to be like 10 years for the, you know, the next 10 years after cody or whatever but for now that's the guy who who you know what you understand what i'm, what I'm saying jeremy i think yeah. the, the, it's, it's like that's he's your new he, he fits that hogan that cena mold and that's what they're that's who they need to take down roman because they need somebody big to do that for them because it, it, of how well they've built roman and how great roman's done for himself and they need somebody they got to change it up at some point you got to have a baby face champion and you got to have a baby face champion that you're hoping that the kids especially are going to really attach to and the kids love cody it's proven so like that's there's so many reasons why cody is the guy so much beyond me being biased and like being a fan of his like it's just i completely understand business wise why cody has been chosen for the spot it got the this transition into our other spotlight from WWE. he got the rub from john cena on raw as well i a very yeah. pointless thing honestly after cena does his promo with Austin theory which is the the actual spotlight but then cena after uh, he's at the top of the ramp and he's just like let me introduce you to a guy who does the work and, and is about this sport and everything cody rhodes ladies and gentlemen and then they do the hug and the big arm raise and it's the big passing of the torch and everything like if you didn't believe cody was the next john cena and the face of the company before monday this gave you everything you needed to know right here of john cena literally embracing and endorsing this man uh and after his segment on raw that that tells you everything you need to know about that as far as the other part of this with john cena and austin theory on the mic i'm always happy to see my guy john cena on on screen he he yes uh Austin Theory comes out and he challenges him to WrestleMania for the United States title. And then John Cena says no. And then he eviscerates this man. Absolutely eviscerates this man. And by the way, I think a lot of people knew this was going to happen. No knock on Austin Theory, who I'm not as down on as I feel like everybody else is because I think everybody else puts him at like below ground like John Cena did on Monday. But like I, I can I see what's there and I see what WWE sees in him and everything. I don't think he needed immediate John Cena comparisons or anything like that. But I noticed last week when he did his backstage promo, I was like, this guy, he ain't there. He ain't there on the microphone. And if they are going to have him in the ring with John Cena, I, with a live mic in front of a Boston crowd, he's going to get destroyed. John Cena is going to truck this man. Because Cena, people, people have pointed out after the fact, Rock, Roman, uh, it, it, Baron Corbin, anybody like he's stepped in the ring with, with the microphone, Cena doesn't give a fuck. He's going to run you over on the mic. And you got to be good enough to withstand that. Rock was writing down his promos on his wrist. Cena had this man so shook. Austin Theory, you could see it in the backstage segment. This man ain't ready for this moment. He ain't ready for it. And when they got in the ring and when Cena got on the mic, he proved he was not ready for that moment. Because no matter what Theory said, 
Cena just went for the throat and he buried him of just like, you can, if I beat you, you're fucking done. And if you beat me, you're fucking done because then you got to come out the next night on Raw and you ain't ready for that moment to face that crowd because they are going to eat you alive. So you don't win in this situation. And Theory tried as he might of to, to stand back and fight back up against this. I, I actually didn't mind. I actually didn't mind the whole, oh, you're, you're giving up on the crowd type thing. I like that to bait Cena into the match. What I would have preferred is after Cena just killed him in this promo, Theory said nothing. And when he was about to turn and walk away, and then he started yelling back at Cena, he should have just beat the shit out of John Cena. He should have attacked Cena. He should have brutalized him. And he should have said absolutely nothing. And he should have let his actions speak louder on that. Because I think that would have resonated more than, hey, let me try to punch back at Cena here. Because then Cena... After Theory threw his jab, Cena kind of slipped it, maybe took a little bit, and then he came back with more haymakers, and Theory had nothing after that. You can't you can't get into a microphone war with John Cena, especially if you're at the level that Austin Theory is at. I would have preferred if he just beat up John Cena like AJ Styles did, because <laughs> he would he couldn't hang with him on the mic. But we're gonna get the match. I'm sure the match will be fine. But now Unless Theory does something in these next couple of weeks, he's like, okay, okay, you've done something to where it's like you won and things are good. But now it's you either lose to this man or you beat this man. And John Cena has already said, if you beat me, it does not matter because you've lost because you're not ready for this moment. I'm sure they'll try to twist it, turn it like, oh, he proved he was ready for this. It's like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. What were your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, I liked, I liked the, I, well, I like where it's going for one. Like, I like that we're getting Theory versus Cena for the U.S. Championship at WrestleMania. Um, I love that Cena brought up the whole crowd piping in the crowd noise thing. I thought that was really good. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, talking about, um, I mean, like a lot, a lot of it was, uh, was really good. I mean, like, like you said, the main, the main focus was the whole like you lose either way type thing where like you said, you, you beat me, you got to deal with the crowd the next night. I beat you. Your, your career's pretty much done, dude. Like you, you're, I mean, which, which isn't really accurate by the way. Like when you really think about it, like losing it, using John Cena, like that's, you know, it's still John Cena. Like it's not like people are going to think that you suck because you lost to John Cena. But I understand the idea here is that it, it, it's pretty much Austin theory is putting everything on the line and, and his, his kind of gimmick and character up to this point anyways, is kind of like, kind of like a house of cards almost in a way where like, it just feels like he just, he just barely skates by every time. Like his title defenses and where he's at, like, it's just something happens or he cheats or whatever. It just feels like he, he doesn't just out, go out there and just beat people. Right. Like there's always something that he happens. He needed Logan to- Paul, a, a elimination chamber, like probably would right. have lost to Seth Rollins if Logan Paul doesn't interfere uh survivor series where he i'm pretty i don't remember the exact finish but i'm pretty sure it was off of someone else doing the finish and then he got the pin off of that yeah so it's like it's a lot of that kind of stuff i feel like with theory where um even winning like the the title i think was the same kind of thing and that might have been what you're talking about but yeah, like, it was like a triple threat yeah or something right and so like i 
but that that's kind of my whole point is if Cena goes out there and just destroys him, then you're kind of like, oh, okay, this guy just he does suck and he just got really lucky and like yeah, I don't really know what we're doing here with this guy. Um, but if Theory goes out there and like especially with just clean, if he just goes out there and just beats John Cena just straight up one on one, no bullshit, which I don't expect to happen, but if that if it did, that adds a completely different level of credibility to, to theory in my This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Because then the fans, at least in their mind, they're perceiving like, I might not like this guy or how he got to this spot, but... What am I going to say? Like, I just straight up beat John Cena. No bullshit. Like, what, you know, he, he, he must be good. Um, so, like, there are there are ways to kind of, like, get around the whole lose-lose scenario, I think. But I, I've i liked I've liked Theory for, for quite a while. Like, I you know, I knew of him in Evolve back when he had been, like, 18 or 19 years old the first time I saw him wrestle. He's from Atlanta as well. So, like, I was aware of him for, for quite a long time. Um, but he's always been compared to John Cena. I don't know if people realize this or not, but, like, theory he's they, he's brought up a lot of these comparisons because okay. yeah because he's the one okay. in every interview he does he mentions how john cena like inspired him and everything so i'm not saying like he was the one who like fully started this but he talks so much about cena being his inspiration that people just kind of oh okay yeah i can see the comparison there which makes total sense given the age that theory is that he probably got into wrestling when John Cena was on top. And like, that's obviously his guys, a whole generation of fans like, like that, which it makes total sense. One thing that I think that they should bring into this story, by the way, that would up the ante is you have theory out there, maybe like next week or the week after. I don't know. How, I don't know how available Cena is heading into mania. How, how many times they will be on like raw, but um, I think a really cool story to add on top of this would be, Theories out there, Cena's out there. They're like going back and forth, and Cena whips out the the U.S. spinner belt, and he's like, "I'll put this up. This is like winner, like you, you, you grew, you grew up a fan of mine. Like this, like this is what you want right here." And like Theory, like marks out for it. He's like, "Oh my god, I can get that. Like yeah, I've always wanted that spinner belt. You know what I mean?" And it's like I think that'd be kind of cool if like he lost 
like he doesn't like theory doesn't need to revive the spinner belt and take it out every week or whatever sure, but just like rules it, it, sure but like but i think that'd be kind of a cool like kind of add-on to this to this match would be if cena put his spinner belt on the line in it and theory just straight up beats him and now theory has like the claim of having that spinner belt and like it's in his trophy room you see like videos of him like doing like a house tour or whatever and like the spinner belts like you know above his bed or whatever um so like I just think that'd be kind of cool if like the spinner belt was involved in this because it's U.S. title seen as synonymous with that title belt. And if Theory grew up a fan of that era, he would surely want to own that championship if it was the legit real deal from John Cena. So like, um, I just think that'd be kind of something cool that they could add to the story personally. Jared makes a, a good point of the, the Theory arc is that he needs to grow up and believe in himself. And that's true, but he also needs to win matches off of that. And I do think he's going to beat Cena. It will be very much like, okay, so he beats Cena. Does he believe in himself off of that? Because he is going to have to face that crowd the next night. And, you know, how, how does he do with that? I don't think Theory is like some amazing promo. And I don't know how he would do uh, against a, a crowd, a hostile crowd, who's not happy that he beat John Cena. Maybe the crowd, honestly, which wouldn't be good either, is just indifferent that he beat John Cena. And they just don't care about Austin Theory. And they're just more upset that, like, oh, shit, Cena came back and we wasted his match on this. Like, that wouldn't be good either. So I get Theory's arc of, like, oh, you got to believe in yourself and everything. But this is why I think he should just fire it up against Cena instead of just cut another promo and then got cut down again. That shows some self-belief. Of, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'm not going to take your words. I'm not going to let you talk to me like this. Instead, I'm just going to punch you in the face. Because that's what John Cena would have done, right? Ruthless aggression. He smacked Kurt Angle. Like, that. that's what John Cena would have done. So, I, I think that's what should have happened in that segment. It didn't. Instead, Theory got destroyed, got neutered, and then... Co- or then John Cena handed Theory's balls to Cody. He was like, here, do, it, do what you want with these. Cody just kind of squashed him even more. That's how the segment played out, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a good, that's a good, good analysis on that. <laughs> Let's move on to AEW spotlights. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. Thank you, everyone, to tuning in on to TBS for AEW Dynamite. Thank you, everyone, to tuning in to TVS for AEW Dynamite. Oh, just I saw you tweeted that every- a whole bunch of times. Yeah, just want right. to thank everyone for watching AEW Dynamite on TVS. So this had to have all been like auto, like set up or something, right? They just like accidentally, like unless unless Cody's- there were different tweets though. No, they I were know not the same ones. They were different tweets. That's true, but like I'm convinced. I'm convinced he tweeted it. It was almost like exactly 15 minutes. The first hour was a little wonky because it was like eight o'clock, eight twenty-six, eight fifty-six, and then like nine o'clock. Then it was like every 16 minutes. I'm convinced he just wanted to see the quarter hour numbers for his tweets of like which ones did the best. I'm here to report to everybody the 826. Thank you for tuning in to AEW Dynamite on TBS. The 826 tweet did the best numbers last night. So what does that have to do with anything? Don't know, but that, there, there you go. 
Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the spotlight as we talk about <laughs> AEW. Yes. Big yeah. title changes this past week in AEW. We had two and then one, yeah. two on one title and then just two overall. Uh, let's talk about the trio titles changing hands. House of Black defeated the Elite at AEW Revolution. Uh, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King are your new trios champions. And they will defend those titles in a trios triple threat match uh, next week against the Elite and the Jericho Appreciation Society. Jensen, your thoughts on House of Black getting the trios titles, which you said needed to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that they, uh, I mean, they would have been just way too lost if if they didn't win. Um, personally, I like the Elite better as like a, like a team like of wrestlers. I, 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 think, I still think the Young Bucks, in my opinion, the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. I understand arguments for other teams. I'm, I'm not here to debate that with other people right now. I'm just saying, for my money, if I could only choose one tag team to watch right now, I'd pick the Young Bucks. Kenny Omega, still one of, if not the best in-ring wrestlers in the entire world. So like the three of them, I'm always down for them being doing whatever. So them as the trio champions, I love because you are guaranteed incredible matches every time. <clears throat> now that said, the House of Black, as I was just saying, and as you were saying, it's just it was one of those things where Buddy Matthews is like super lost in the mix and pretty much has been since leaving WWE. Brody King, they've shown flashes for him with like the Darby feud and stuff, but also same kind of boat. Like, what do you really do with him? Um, and Malachi, it feels like really since the Cody thing, he's really just been in limbo. Um, and that's a long time ago now. So almost two years. Right. So like, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where in the Julia Harden, you know, there was a, a long story that led to her joining the group and, you know, they got to it felt like they needed to do more with this group. There's three really talented guys, a talented lady, like, they're a good group together, aesthetic. Listen, I'm not, and I know you're the same way. I'm not into the whole, like, well, I'm not into the magic stuff really at all. And that goes into the Bray Wyatt stuff and all that. But like, just this specifically, like, I don't, I don't love the whole magic stuff or like the kind of cutting promos that don't make any sense type stuff. But what I like about House of Black, regardless of what I might not love about like the actual gimmick is those three dudes can really go and you get, you're going to get great trios matches out of those guys. So I'm fine with them. I actually, I like them being the champions. Um, I'm a little concerned about the trios titles, like hot potatoing so much already since they started them. But at the same time, I kind of like the unpredictability of all these trios teams are so good. And the trios, the idea of trios is so unpredictable that you got to tune in because there could be a new champion every time those titles get defended hypothetically speaking, because just so many different things could happen. So many different combinations of wrestlers and, and, and in-ring styles and stuff kind of keeps the, the fans on their toes. I feel like in, in, to a degree as well. So you're kind of, you're kind of riding that line between, you know, credibility for the titles and also like unpredictability, but the consistent here is every single one of these matches for the trios titles across the board, since the titles have been made, have been great matches in my opinion. Um, and I like the house of black young, but or uh, elite match, better than probably all, if not maybe one or so of this best of seven series. So like, I, I love the match of the pay-per-view and yeah, the house of black felt like they really, really needed this the young bucks and Kenny are going to be fine regardless of what happens with them. So like, I, I just feel like, yeah, to once again, put a bow on it. I think house of black really, really needed the win for a lot of different reasons. And um, I'm happy to see them get it. Cause I think they're going to be good champions with that title. And also one more thing I'll tack on to this last night, 
you can see the, the value in those titles because Jericho Appreciation Society called them out. Elite won another shot. So it looks like it's going to be JS versus Elite to figure that out and stuff. So, you know, people are, there's a lot of high profile people that are interested in being the champions too. So it, it feels like the titles matter and the matches have been really good. And the House of Black, I think, are going to be good with those titles. I thought House of Black needed the win. I didn't think they were going to win. Um, but I thought they needed it just to have something better to do because like I've said many times, I'm not into their their lore stuff and things like that. I think the title at least gives them a little bit more purpose and gives them, they they get actual challengers out of it. Like, okay, now we know why they're going after people. Now we have a better reason for why people are going after them and things like that. So it was, it was good on that uh, aspect of things. Obviously as in-ring talent, they are all great. They're always going to have, great matches and everything like that. I'm very interested to see where the elite goes off of this, because I think the young bucks might be better served in the tag team division. Now because that division has kind of taken a little bit of a hit. FTR being back is great, uh, but the guns are still the champions. I don't know how much longer that's going to last with FTR being back. The acclaimed are still there obviously, but the, the rest of the tag team division, I mean, we just had, you know, Jarrett and Lethal compete for the titles. Now they're competing for the leveled up international title and thing like that. Um, we we just had, like, they put together Danhausen and Orange Cassidy a- as a team. We have the best friends right there. I don't know what the state of the tag team division is, but the Young Bucks will certainly help solidify that a little bit. And I'd like to see singles uh, Kenny Omega return uh, as well, because I think he he's, be great obviously as a, as a singles person and there's i think there's a lot he can do as a, as a singles uh as well so i'd like to see that return i'd like to see something we'd see uh, we've seen don Callis kind of get in the year of uh Takeshka. i'd like to see something brew more with omega and Takeshka, where don Callis is actually does kind of bring them together whether it's as some type of tag team which could be interesting or some type of like singles feud based on just like, hey, let's test yourself. Let's see where you're at. And let's see where Kenny is at as a singles guy in AEW as well. I would like to see something like that. Uh, as far as the, the trio titles and stuff, like they've already established them as very important championships just off the jump with the elite winning and then the best of seven uh, with Death Triangle and the elite. And now we've had the great match with uh, House of Black and the elite as well. The trios titles are fine. I, House of Black does give almost more storyline purpose because with the elite is as great as they are of wrestlers. Uh, they're sometimes just always as a story there with them as as trios guys. Obviously, the, I'm not knocking Hangman and Omega. That was one of the best stories in AEW history. I'm talking about so far just as they're as, during their like trios reign. Like they did a best of seven reign. Right. And then they faced uh, top flight a few times. There's not always just like story purpose. And then House of Black stuff was largely just based on House of Black just wanting the titles. House of Black, whether you like the story or you don't with what they do, they're at least going to try to give you something of like, hey, we do our lore stuff and this is our purpose. Come after us if you want them. I think it'll add a little bit more just with, with the overall story purposes of the trios titles on top of just we're going to have great matches and things like that yeah no i'm totally with you there's really not a whole lot more, lot more i think can add to really any of that that either said like we're i think we're both in agreement they're gonna have great matches they needed the win the elite's gonna be fine 
Um, I want to see Kenny and MJF at some point soon for the title too. Like if we're going to have Kenny as a singles guy, get him in there with MJF. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, good, good stuff across the board. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the house of life does with the trios titles. Well, we got the, the triple threat match next week. Do you think there's a chance that like they lose this triple threat match next week? I don't think so. I mean, I guess it's possible. Like, I mean, that those titles have been going hot potato and all over. Like, I mean, who knows? But I feel like you gotta, I feel like you gotta do something with House of Black at this point. You got something more. So, I, I definitely think they should they should keep the titles. And you know, you got Sammy or Garcia there to to take a pinfall if you need someone to to take a pinfall. So, I I would like a little bit of stability to those belts because. In our other spotlight, we haven't had much stability when it comes to the AWTNT title. Uh, we had Samoa Joe, who just won it at like beginning of February, and then he loses it to Wardlow at the pay-per-view, and then Wardlow makes it about three days with the title. Uh, maybe it was four. Um, and then he loses it to Hobbs last night. So we have no real stability with the TNT title. I do think with Hobbs getting this belt, there will now be stability with the title. I think we're in for a lengthy Will Hobbs run. I hope we're in for a lengthy powerhouse Hobbs run. What'd you make of this match last night and just sort of the hot potatoing of the title? And then QTV, QT Marshall getting involved and repaying his favor to William Hobbs. Yeah. So starting with that, you know, that's something I had completely forgotten about because it was like half Most a year ago. Seem to. Yeah. Um, which I listen, I don't, I don't dislike the, the, the uh, you know the thought process there or the attempt there like i really do appreciate little um like easter eggs and stuff like little things for the hardcore fans to you know long-term storytelling that might not be shoved down your throat or in your face or that you're reminded of week after week after week the only problem with something like this is i think everybody forgot that this ever happened because it was such like a small thing when it happened too which is kind of like a um, basically, if I remember correctly, right, like basically like the the Hobbs helped QT in the Nightmare Factory or something like six months ago. It, and was, it was never really it, mentioned since it was Hobbs and uh, the factory aligned to try to take out Ricky Starks. That's and right. And the, the factory kind of failed in, in that aspect. Like they, they punched Ricky and everything, but like. Ricky ended up winning the whole feud and QT said, basically, since we failed, I owe you a favor. And this was the favor six months later. So on one hand, like I respect the, the dedication to the long-term booking because I'd imagine TK had made his mind up about this then. So they, so you know what I, I think mean? So, so Will, I, Will Washington, Will Washington's going to have more, but apparently the plan was to, put the title on Hobbs kind of months ago. And so maybe they were going to capitalize the, on the, that whole aspect a little bit sooner than they did. That would, that would make, that's really the only thing that makes sense when you think about it. Cause like, why else would you have any of that happen with, with them and Starks and him fail? You know what I mean? Like, so though I would, I would totally believe if that's what Will's saying or I, is whenever he says what he's going to say, if he hasn't already, I'd imagine that, that's probably accurate as far as like, even if it was supposed to happen a little earlier, it seems like the long-term plan. And you get to kind of tell anyways that they've, they've always had plans for, for powerhouse Hobbs. It was just, it was just a matter of time, but um, so yeah, I mean, I like that they stuck with him. I, I have, 
listen, if it's me personally, I'd go with Powerhouse Hobbs over Wardlow. Although Wardlow, dude, he showed out last night. I'll give him his credit. Like, I'm one of those guys who's, like, not huge on Wardlow. And it's not even really his fault. It's just whatever the perception and the ever since the MJF stuff and the booking and, and the Powerbomb Symphony and beating up security guards, I just kind of, it just didn't really fully click with me for whatever reason. But last night he, he did damn good, dude. That Swanton was badass. Like he was out there bumping around and moving around great. And him and Hobbs, I think, I mean, aesthetically they match up perfectly. They have like the same bodies, the same height. They either even sitting on commentary. It's like, you know what I mean? There's so many similarities between those two guys. Um, one day they'll probably be like a dominant tag team in AEW down the line or something together. You know what I mean? But like, I think that uh, I, I, I like that Hobbs won the match. It was, I was confused by the QT thing until I realized afterwards that there was the link there um, and why that happened. Uh, but I, I have no problem with Hobbs winning. I, I, I actually prefer how it played out because I really didn't want a long title reign out of Wardlow. Um, and I loved Joe with the title, but I understand they're probably just trying to shift him more into just TNT title or sorry, um, uh, TV R-H. title with ROH. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but like, so I, I, I like how this played out, I guess at the end of the day, if, if the goal was to get the title on Hobbs and you didn't want Hobbs to beat Samoa Joe, cause it was heel versus heel or whatever, then I'm fine with it. But I'm, but I'm like you said a minute ago, I, and I feel the same way. I'm, I'm hoping that the, that Hobbs is a long-term champion because I want them to reestablish the the real credit. I don't want to even say credibility in the T- TNT title because the matches have been good. Go Darby as the champion, it was great, you know, and stuff like I. Yeah. The titles always and obviously Cody and Brody the early days and stuff like I. I've always really enjoyed the TNT title, um, but I do think we need some more longer-term champions, and I think Hobbs could could very well be that guy. Uh, Chi-Town Spurs says QT is similar to Jarrett and then people online despise the guy and thinks he deserves nothing, but he gets a great heel reaction at the actual show. That's facts. Like QT Marshall, uh, I think he's a very good worker. I think he's probably underrated because I think people just despise him for the sake of despising him. But you listen to a lot of the peers. Uh, he's obviously a great trainer when it comes to, to Nightmare Factory. Peers have respect for him and everything. I understand there's a certain aspect, part of the fan base that is turned off by him. I get all that. I will say I don't I don't know if I want this to be a long-term pairing. I am fine if this is a, hey, I cashed in my favor. Get the fuck out of here. Like I, I don't actually like need you type of thing. I don't I don't know if I like this as a long-term thing. I think Hobbs is good enough to stand on his own. Um, you know, we'll see if it does turn into a long-term thing, but whatever QT Marshall is going to do, people are probably going to hate it regardless. Mm-hmm. And you know, hopefully I just hope, I do hope that I do hope that this does bring like real stability to the title and we get a good lengthy powerhouse Hobbs run i kind of thought that wardlow was gonna be that wardlow you know we talked about he did a lot of media leading up to to revolution and everything and he talked about how hot he was last year coming into uh or yeah last year after double or nothing when he beat mjf and everything and then he was the tnt champion and things kind of cooled off off of that he talked about wanting to bring back the open challenge and everything and then he of course lost uh, his first match against Hobbs. So we didn't get a chance to do any of that. I hope Hobbs gets a good run and I hope he reestablishes things. And then when the person, whoever it is that beats Hobbs, that becomes a meaningful thing. 
for uh, whoever wins and then winning the title. And then Hobbs doesn't take too much off of that. Uh, real quickly, before we move on, MJF's list. It's been in order so far. I don't remember, I don't know if you remember the list. Do you I know do, who yeah. is yeah, do you know who's next up on MJF's list? No, I remember the majority of the people that were on the list, but I don't remember what order it was in. So the order was the Pebble, which is Ricky Starks, the American Dipshit Dragon, which is Brian Danielson, who shout out to Brian Danielson, apparently stepping away. AW is in the mud. They're fucked if they don't have Brian Danielson on television every single week. Uh and after Brian Danielson was Warho, which is Wardlow. So if this list is in the correct order, which for the first two so far, it has been, it seems like maybe Wardlow is next for MJF. Is beating Wardlow? And granted, it was a, it took a lot to beat Wardlow. It was a 10 count. It, QT Marshall interfered. It was a powerbomb on, onto the, the extra stage and everything. It took a lot to beat him. But... Is Wardlow next for MJF? I guess we will we will see probably next week when MJF has his rebar mitzvah and everything. I love the idea of that, by the way. I'll be wearing I got some yarmulkes right here, actually, as crazy as as random as I got got some old school Power Rangers yarmulkes. These are straight up night straight up nineteen ninety five Power Rangers yarmulkes, y'all. Come 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 come. There you go. You You know you don't wear that during the rebar mitzvah. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll celebrate. I'll celebrate MJF's rebar mitzvah while I, I'll, I'll, I'll rebar mitzvah myself as well. So I, I, I am in bar mitzvah since I was thirteen. So I'll, I'll join in with MJF. Take a picture of yourself watching the rebar mitzvah, like out WWE. People watch the TV, like off to the side, like with the oh right, on, yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah, that's there what we go. need. We need that photo. All right, we need that photo. Uh, let's get to the the other spotlight. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Ring of Honor is back. The Code of Honor is back. They had their television re-debut last week on Honor Club. Week two is tonight on Honor Club. And look, I thought this was going to be a one-hour program. And then they announced about 18 matches for this thing. It turned into be like two and a half hours. Wasn't mad at it because the matches were, were really good. We got some stuff established. The biggest thing being established is Eddie Kingston. I did say last week, I still believe this. Eddie Kingston deserves to be in front of live crowds and not lukewarm Orlando crowds, even though they were good for him here. I do worry about in the future, if Eddie's going to be the last thing on the show, how that's going to work out for him. But it seems like we're getting Eddie and Claudio, and I'm certainly all about that. It was good to see Athena back on television as well. And you know, Mark Briscoe, he, he's got a program coming up where I, I won't spoil what the, the spoilers came out last night, but there, there's other stuff involving Mark Briscoe and who he could be facing at Supercard of Honor as well. So like I thought, honestly, as far as weekly television shows go, it was the best wrestling program. If you're just looking for wrestling matches like ROH last week was the best wrestling program for me. How about you, Jensen? Yeah, I mean, they got a lot of great. I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week, but they got a lot of great talent in there. Um, and I, I'm always, I'll also try to remember what they aired versus all the spoilers that I've read. So, like, I'm trying to stay spoiler free also and tiptoe around stuff like you are to not ruin anything. And that's what's going to be tough when we cover Ring of Honor because we, I, we know it's like when I talk about like MLW or like, um, or like NWA or any of these companies where like, They'll film so far in advance. And on the weekender, like when I do MLW results, 
half the stuff that I'm reading right now, I originally did the spoilers for in like October or November. Like, I know what I mean. So it's like, I'm like, where are they on the show right now to where based on like what I've already watched. Um, but, um, but dude, I love that they're doing something. They're doing stuff with Mark Briscoe. It looks like they're, they're making him one of the focal points of the show, which I really like. Um, I love the idea of Claudio and Kingston. Um, there's so much real, um, there's so much realness to that. And of course the added layer with Eddie quitting AEW and everything. Um, AR Fox getting a big spot there. Um, this, it's a, it's just a really good, it's really good to see like the people that they're mixing into that, the Keshta being a part of that. Like he could wind up, I could see the Keshta maybe becoming like the ring of honor world champion or something in the next you know year or whatever. And like, that's what really propels him into being a bigger oh, yeah. deal on AEW eventually. You know what I mean? Like you could really use this, I mean, that, that all ties together, too. Imagine if Takeshita was the one to beat Claudio for that title. Like, if all the storyline crossover with the Blackpool Combat Club and stuff. Also, when Danielson comes back, I feel like he's not going to come back to the Combat Club. I think they're going to be full-on heels, and Danielson will be a babyface when he comes back, and they'll have some sort of um, feud against each other or something. Um, but uh, but no, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that Ring of Honor is uh, – they, they put on – historically speaking ring of honor has always been the in-ring work rate show and this looks no different the way that they've set it up so um i'm here for it dude and then the second the the, the next show is tonight right so they'll 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 air that tonight and then y'all can watch the post show here on fightful that's gonna be fun to see how that turns out with like the they're doing impact and ring of honor post show together now right so yeah. um so yeah watch that tonight y'all make sure to check that out that, that show is gonna be a lot of fun um, but yeah, man, I, I can't really say much. I don't want to say much more because I know I'm going to start spoiling stuff if I talk too much more about Ring of Honor because I just I know where a lot of it's going because I've read a lot of the or all the spoilers. So, uh, a asks, do you think Danielson works Supercard of Honor? I'm kind of selling myself on the idea that he might. I don't know who because he wasn't part of the first batch of tapings. I don't know if they're doing. It feels like they're going to do another batch of tapings simply. Because you know, the first batch seemed like, oh, okay, if you're doing one-hour shows, sure, you've you've done four weeks of television, but they're doing two-and-a-half-hour shows. Now it's like, oh, okay, well, you've only done two weeks of television. Uh, but I also think Danielson just might take time off. I could see him like, look, hey, show up, work a work a random match. Um, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. is a good shout if that if that's the way they they want to go with that. You know, Zack Sabre Jr. did on the show last week kind of call out Danielson and be like, I'm the best technical wrestler in the world. So very simple story to tell there where Danielson doesn't even have to work the television shows. You could just have Zack Sabre Jr. Tap out a bunch of people on television, call out Danielson every week. Finally at Supercard of honor, Zack Sabre Jr. is in the ring, call out Brian Danielson. And lo and behold, we get Brian Danielson. And then it's not final countdown. Tony Khan pay up. Pay up for the one time ROH return. Yes. Brian Danielson, final countdown. Pay up on it. I understand you don't want to pay because it costs a lot to use it like 10 times. And oh, if we can't use it every week, why are we going to do it? Pay up for the one time for the ROH return. That's all I care about. Oh, yeah. I could see him working Supercard of Honor against uh, Zach Sabre Jr. setting it up. I'm mean, just how I, I explained to set it up. Yeah, I could. I think that I think everything you said is totally possible. Shout out Blake Christian. He's who, you know, DSJ beat on the show. Good to see those guys too, like kind of the GCW dudes, like Blake Christian and Tony Deppin and those guys is like a part of it. So they got a really good mix of talent. I know like they got uh, like uh, Willie Mack's going to be involved and stuff. Like there's, 
a lot of people I really like that are kind of like in between stuff, either, you know, coming off of a run on impact or like mainly in GCW, we're not really on TV too much. And stuff. there's ring of honors. I think is going to be a really, uh, it's a, it's, we're still trying to figure out exactly where their place in the wrestling landscape is overall. But I think it's, it's the, it looks really promising from what I'm seeing. So it's a strong debut and there seems to be a lot of buzz around the second show as well. Obviously it'll be maintaining that will be the most difficult thing because there is so much wrestling and AEW. I think for Tony Khan is going to take pride. Although uh, I got beef with Phil Lindsay because Tony Khan was about to wrap up this press conference and Phil is like, tell me about booking. And of course, anytime you ask Tony about booking, that's a 10 minute answer. It doesn't matter what, what it has to do with it. It's a 10 minute answer. If it's about booking, Tony had so much joy talking about how he was booking ROH compared to AEW and just like the relaxed way he could just book ROH of like, I didn't got to worry about like sponsors. I don't have to worry about like time constraints. I don't have to worry about like hitting certain outs and things like that. Like it sounded like you just, or like quarter hour ratings, like, Oh, I need to place this here. Cause it's going to do about like, he just seemed like it was so free and flowing for him to just put together ROH that I felt, I felt that joy and excitement for Tony that he had so much joy and excitement booking ROH. So I think he'll continue to have fun with that. And there's certainly less pressure booking ROH compared to booking uh, AEW for him as well. But overall, AEW is going to take priority because AEW is the one that's making the money for him. So we'll see how ROH looks kind of after Supercard. And then when they're building to the next show and what they're able to do with that the debuts typically go well maintaining the interest is always it's always the thing in like any type of uh sports entertainment aspect right like the premiere typically does well after that what do you do to hold that interest and retain that audience so look at rampage yeah i mean like it happens everywhere it happens uh, even the best companies for sure yeah so well but promising start for roh and i look forward to watching more of that Jensen, your other spotlight is former guest of the show, John Hennigan, John Morrison, Johnny Underground, Johnny Major League, winning the National Openweight Championship from Davey Richards in a match that I think aired two years ago or was taped two years ago. <laughs> uh, it finally aired, but John Morrison winning this belt from Davey Richards. What do you think of the match? And then John Morrison being the champion. I mean, great match. These two guys are, you know, they're, they're Johnny Spotlight, as Kai says. Yes, very, very true. Um, but uh, I mean, Dave Richards is still one of my favorite guys to watch in the world. Like he's still got, he goes out there and just puts on great, just pro wrestling matches, you know. And then uh, I almost call him Hennigan for now. I'll probably slip up and call him Morrison a bunch. But he, yeah. uh, I mean, he's still like what you expect to see out of him he goes in and just completely delivers you know and i like the pairing of him and caesar duran and, and taya valkyrie and that's how he won the title by the way is you know taya hit hit uh like she's got the the women's featherweight belt you know she hit um davy to you know help morrison win and stuff so um or, oh I, there i already did it hennigan win um but uh but it was so funny because like what as i was catching up on uh like before we before i do the weekender on Sundays. Um, I'll catch up on anything that I missed over the week. So like for MLW, if I haven't seen it yet, I'll, I'll watch the, you know, watch the show like that morning or like the night before or something. Same with like uh two of or two five live NFC level up um, because it's like a one hour show. And like a big chunk of it is just like a raw recap usually or something. So like I, it's realistically like a 30 minute show. It's really, really digestible, really easy to watch. 
Um, so like as I was tuning into MLW, I was like, they're they're hyping up, you know, the debut of John John Hennigan and when Ty Valkyrie is talking about how she can't wait to see the debut of Hennigan and stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, debut. And I'm like, I, back in October, I right? Yeah, like <laughs> like you debuted like this is like half a year ago already. It's just so crazy to think about. Um, but on the show that we're watching, yes, he is he is now making his debut. Um, but no, good for Hennigan. You know, I just thought it was it was good to see. I use it. I think he's going to do good with the belt and he'll have good matches and I'm sure him and Richards will run it back and stuff. Luckily the results were so long ago for a lot of the stuff that I legitimately don't remember until I rewatch it. So it's all, it's all what's old is new again, but, um, but yeah, shout out to the John Hennigan uh, for becoming the MLW national Oakway champion. We'll see what happens with MLW. They, they have underground, which is on reels for reportedly 10 weeks, which I think they're on week four right now so that could be finishing up uh here in the next month and a half and then you know real sign the deal with with peacock to have live streaming but they can't get mlw live streaming because wwe has exclusive rights with peacock so mlw is uh they always got that carrot just the, the dangling carrots of like just need that tv deal kind of like impact back in the day we just we just need more more promotion more buzz bigger bigger tv deal more more uh be in more homes and everything not be in sport be in more homes uh like th- this is what we need and like they get there and it's like immediately yanked away they were on like the zone for a cup of coffee they they did like a pay-per-view and everything they, they were back on youtube and stuff for i think their biggest issue is legitimately like their air and matches from six months ago uh, with a lot of yeah. stuff it's like, i mean look, they've already it's tough to care about your product when Karrion Cross, who has been back in WWE since August, is wrestling on your program in February. Right, for sure. I mean, and that's we've talked about that plenty over the you know the last you know year plus or whatever we've been doing the show. When we talk about MLW, it, it it hurts their product tremendously because the buzz for when stuff happens dies down, and no one knows where to find the show by the time it airs, and they change platforms all the time, and nothing really airs live. So like. The, like the next they've already they already taped um i don't remember which which pay-per-view it is uh fight fight club or fight fight, fight. fightland um they, they they already taped that like that's been over a month ago so like yeah. we're they're talking about building matches right now on the show for a pay-per-view or like a live event or whatever they're going to call it pay-per-view or whatever like this is all it's also behind that like it just makes things so confusing. Um, if you follow, if you try to follow in real time, um, but it's, uh, yeah. But anyway, I mean, listen, I like that MLW product. I think it's, they, they have a lot of good talent there. Their storylines generally make sense. You know, the grand scheme of things. Like, I mean, it's not like they have a bad show. They have, they, I mean, they just united um, the SGC, Warner and Manders and, uh, and, uh, they have Warner Manders and uh, justice are all like together on MLW now and stuff. Like there's people I like on the show, plenty of people I like on the show. Um, but yeah, it's just, it'd be nice if we could watch it either live or like a lot closer to live than like, you know, half a year ago or whatever. For sure. For sure. Uh, let's get to our indie spotlight. I'm going to give a big mother fucking shout out. Big motherfucking shout out to the Motor City Machine Guns winning more gold. We got the GCW Tag Team Champions now. 
the Motor City Machine Guns winning the the titles from uh, Los Macias this past weekend. Jensen, thoughts on the match and Motor City, one of the, the greatest of all time now with another accolade to their name. Absolutely. I think that, you know, obviously if you're Game Changer Wrestling, if you're Brett Lauderdale, if you have access to Motor City Machine Guns, even if it's just for like a couple shows, yeah, put the put the tie titles on them. Like they're already and what's so great about those guys is they're equally established as singles guys. Like Alex Shelley on the indies right now is one of the top sing, you know single stars on the independent scene. Chris Saban, whenever Shelley isn't around, Chris Saban's one of the top singles guys in impact. And then when they're together collectively, they're the top tag team in impact or the top tag team wherever they're at on the indies. Like it's so awesome that those two guys can be so diverse and be so reliable in every scenario and you always know you're going to get good matches they're always credible they're always over you can this was their gcw debut and it wasn't like they came in and were getting booed or people didn't know who they was they're just as over as anyone else on the show that people popped when they won the titles like they're going to be good gcw tag champs as long as they're you know part of the show i have no idea how long they're going to be a part of it or if they'll have some sort of moxley type deal where they'll be there long term but just kind of sporadically i'd imagine they'll be a part of the collective um they'll probably run it back with um, uh, Mato Extremo and Ciclope, Los Pazizos. I, I'd imagine they'll they'll run that back. Um, the night before, by the way, it was badass. Ciclope and Extremo wrestled the SAT, the Maximo brothers, like the original SAT. And Mazizos beat SAT with a Spanish fly. Like they beat them with their own finishing move, which I thought was pretty badass. Um, so there's been a lot of great tag team stuff going on in GCW. And I always, someone in the chat might know it. I always forget the name of the Motor City Machine Guns finisher. It's like the double one-winged angel thing that they do. It's like a double assault driver off their shoulders. Um, I cannot, for the life of me, think of the name off the top of my head. For some, and I'm almost positive it has to do with with the area they're from. It's like a, I can't remember the name of it, but that's what they use to beat uh, to beat Miedo Stremo and uh, Ciclope for those titles. And uh, yeah, shout out to Motor City Machine Guns, MCMG, dude. They're legitimately one of the best tag teams of all time in my opinion especially if you want to narrow it down to like if you want to narrow it down to even more niche to you know teams that never had a shot in aw or wwe really they're they're probably the best it's them and briscoes like it's well it's Brisco, briscoe well yes i i almost count the briscoes because like they i know they couldn't they weren't allowed on aew so that's no, you're you're right though. You're right. The Briscoes and Motor City would be the two the two top teams. I think that have never that have never worked in those companies. Yeah, and, and I've said this before. Like you know, a lot of people uh, credit the Young Bucks for popularizing uh, popularizing. Sorry, I can't speak uh, a certain style and stuff. And like the Young Bucks credit Motor City of like, yeah, we just kind of like yep. uh, nerfed their style a little bit. Like they they were doing a lot of these tag team moves and stuff that you know we started doing because we saw them. It was like, hey, this is what tag team wrestling can be. And you know, they of course took it to a grander stage and, and started doing even more than Motor City, but they credit Motor City for just kind of that style in general. And, uh, I think and it, they also, by the way, just really quick, also, I mean, you notice in their matches, the Young Bucks use a lot of Motor City moves, like they'll, they'll yeah. use like their tag team moves as tributes to them pretty often. So, yeah, so I mean, the Young Bucks have, have no problem like saying, like, yeah, these are the guys who you got to be crediting for if you want to credit us. Um, other indie spotlight is Hunter Drake winning the New South Hoss tournament. Jensen, do you want to do want to break news regarding Hunter Drake? 
Yeah, I don't like to throw it out there until it happens, though. I'm, the, I'm like you, but I'll yeah. put it out there because I know he's excited. And like, if something falls through, like, we'll we'll make it happen either way. So, um, yeah, the plan is uh, next week, uh, right here on the spotlight, we will be interviewing Hunter Drake um, to come on and talk about his career and winning the heart of the Southern 16 Haas tournament. So uh, we figured we'd talk about a little bit about his win because it hasn't aired yet <clears throat> on um on pro wrestling TV, but um, hopefully it airs next week or between now and then, and we can, y'all, y'all can watch it. And, but either way, the plan is to interview Hunter Drake and have him on the show uh, for y'all to hear next week. Um, so yeah, we're really looking forward to it. And he sounds really excited for it as well. So I'm a, uh, he's a guy I've been following for a long time. Uh, you know, he's still young in his career, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about, we'll talk about all that when we interview him, but, uh, but yeah, shout out to Hunter Drake and, uh, do you, want, do you want me to t- talk a little bit about kind of his road to winning this thing? Because we have the results, obviously. Yeah. Um, so uh, to win the Haas tournament, this is a this is a tournament from New South uh, Wrestling out of um, I don't know where they actually did the show out of. It's usually out of Alabama, but this this is out of Florence, Alabama. Um, and uh, in the first round, Hunter Drake defeated Marcus Dillon, and then in the second round. He defeated Myron Reed, which obviously that's a that's a really big win right there. Myron Reed's one of the best guys in the scene. Um, and the uh, the the main event, the the finals match is a four way match, um, which came down to Hunter Drake defeating Brogan Finley, Dylan McQueen, and Stallion Rogers, who y'all might remember as Kurt Stallion. Um, so there was a ton of talent throughout this whole tournament. Shout out to our boy Vinny Pacifico; he was in this thing. Uh, we talk about Brogan Finley quite a bit with Bobby Flacco here in like this interview you're about to hear. So we, there's a lot of overlap between a lot of the talent that works New South, works Action Wrestling, works SCI, SUP, all these kind of companies. Um, and uh, and yeah, this is a really big win for, for Hunter Drake because his, once again, we'll talk about it more when we interview him, but his career trajectory has been very interesting because he, he kind of at least got on my radar as a tag team with this guy, Tyler Franks, who they called themselves the Talladega Knights and they got over as like this massive, like baby face tag team. Cause the, the two guys are so young and like, they got really good, really quickly together and they broke apart. Hunter Drake was a big part of um, the last laugh stable, which was a big part of the, um, the um, Southeast first IWTV series. He was in the group with Nick Iggy and Kenzie page and Dylan McQueen. And they were a big part of that show. And Hunter Drake has really established himself recently as like a singles guy. And this Haas tournament, in my opinion, is the biggest thing he's done in his career up to this point and a real launching pad for him potentially. So, um, and he's a guy who's also been popping up in GCW lately and stuff too. So like, um, yeah, really, really big win for Hunter Drake and a real, real vote of confidence because the Haas tournaments is a prestigious tournament and they don't pick just anybody to represent that company and win that thing. So um, big deal for Hunter Drake to win this. I'm looking forward to uh, to talking to him. I know you are very tapped in to to the Southeast scene and everything. I am less tapped into that, but I, I will say, like the the people in the the Southeast scene, very kind people. Just they they're very good about uh, sending me results. I, I apologize, you know, I don't want to put this uh, put this out there. But, Shout out uh, Cabana Man Dan. <laughs> you just say <laughs> Cabana Man Dan <laughs> is a very good person. Uh, Carmen Michael, who who yeah, does the, the commentary. Sure. Yeah. Uh, like he is great about like sending results and everything like that. And, you know, he, I saw him like support the, the interview that we've done with, with Bobby and things like that, but he's been very kind 
to me. So, you know, the, he's really the South, good as like, well, by the way, Carmen's gotten all like, I know. Cause I, I knew about him through Moe's because him and Moe's had been doing commentary together a while back. And Moe's was telling me, he's like, man, I've been working with this kid. He's like really energetic. He's really, I don't want to talk too much inside baseball. Me and Moe's like our personal <laughs> conversations and stuff, but, but Carmen came with a lot of energy and a lot of enthusiasm. And um, I think he's gotten really good at what he does. So if, if he hears this good, uh, good work, Carmen, man, I like, I like hearing you doing your thing. The, the South guys are very, very kind. And I, I always say it like, Hey, if you want your promotion covered, DM me, I will, I'll run results. I'll run promotional material and things like that. We, we want to do what we can to, to help all the, the independents kind of get their name out there a little bit more and, you know, try to establish, continue to establish a, a presence online. But yeah, the, everybody in the South has been, I assume through you, because you are a great guy, Steven Jensen, they've been very kind to me as well. Uh, <laughs> They know you'll, you'll right. fight them. You'll beat them up for me. No, no, that's definitely not. No, you tell them to beat me up at shows. Dude, I'm always Dude, watching my back. Like, when, I'm at these show, when I'm at these shows, if anyone ever bumps into me, I'll get the occasional person who will be like, who will recognize me from Fightful. It doesn't happen very often, but occasionally, especially if I'm wearing like a Cody Rhodes hoodie or like a Fightful hoodie or something, people are like, oh shit, that's, you know, but like um, occasionally someone will come up behind. It actually happened, it happened with Trey Lamar actually at, um, at battle slam uh during the last battle or two battle slam shows ago i was standing around and he like tapped me on the shoulder and was like and i was kind of like i was like who jeremy send you know and i uh and uh i was like oh shit what's up man and like uh we want to I, I never met him in person but we'd interacted a lot on twitter before um so but it's funny the same thing happened at, at um district championship wrestling when uh, somebody ran into the back of my leg, like the, the guy who was bartender running the bar. Yeah, the bartender accidentally yeah. ran into the back of my leg with like a with like a like a I a, a, a drink tray or whatever a, a roller, and I literally turned around. It was like, dude, because you were telling me you were telling me you were telling James you were telling she yeah. like. So I thought someone was actually going to be coming at me. I'm looking around. I'm like, did they tell Billy Gunn? Because Billy Gunn's pretty close by. Like that guy would kill me. Like QT Marshall's pretty close by. This guy would kill me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I'm going to tell Carmen to, <laughs> to get people to jump you, uh, next time you're at one of these new South shows or anything like that. Now you go to these shows, <clears throat> the hitters out there for you. Have you looking like Jake Paul running from the people I'm sending after you? Mm, okay. Oh, did you not see this bro with the Disney channel float? No, I saw the Floyd thing. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't like him. Jensen, let everybody know where they can find you at here on the socials you can find me on twitter at fight talk underscore f-i-g-h-t-t-a-l-k underscore you can use code fight talk on independent wrestling tv if you'd like you can use that as all one all one word uh fight talk put that in promo code spot um and yeah that's pretty much it me and jeremy have something cooking maybe potentially to do more content together soon uh we'll keep y'all in the loop on that uh when we start putting that together but uh but yeah that's pretty much it i gotta go clocking for the shoot job and once again, happy birthday, Brian, my brother. Um, love you, dude. And I know he doesn't watch this or care about wrestling, but I'll probably see him later tonight. I saw him last night. Probably see him today, I'm guessing, whenever I'm off work. And uh, yeah, y'all have a great day. Enjoy this interview with Bobby Flacco. Um, and uh, and yeah, and right off the bat, I'm sure Jamie will mention it. We did have some connection issues during the interview with Bobby, yeah. video-wise, but the audio is flawless. So bear with us. It's a great interview, a ton of great information. And thanks again to Bobby for joining. Thanks for y'all for joining here in the chat. Good to see you again, Jeremy. I'm going to go clock in for work. Yeah, United David States. Busters, damn it.
Hell yeah. Have a good day, Jensen. All right, everybody. Let's get to our interview with Bobby Flacco. Yes, as Jensen mentioned, uh, the video is a, is a little choppy. It gets uh, frozen every now and again. The audio is completely fine. So everybody can listen to it with, with no issues. It's just if you're looking for like facial reactions and, and stuff from him, uh, you might be disappointed uh, as it is as frozen a lot. But the audio is great. And that's really what, what kind of matters, right? Everybody's it's, a, it's audio podcast so people don't want to tune in to see my face uh let's get to it bobby flacco he is coming off the sei scenic city invitational rumble victory he talks to us about uh motocross comparing kind of motocross errors and, and wrestling errors which i thought was was uh really fun um there's no static just just kind of choppy choppy video no fortunately no like audio static or anything uh, it talks to us about, about motocross, talks about his travels to like South America, which is really interesting to hear about. Uh, talks to us about working, uh, learning under AR Fox. AR Fox was his trainer, and that's how he got started in wrestling. So good AR Fox stories there. Uh, talks about working in the Thunderdome. He wrestled on 205 Live during the Thunderdome era. So he talked to us about that experience. And then talked about general independent stuff. Teams with Brogan Finley, who is the son of Fit Finley as well. So it talks about... Um, working with brogan and being being kind of close to, to the finley family so a lot of good stuff from bobby in this interview we really appreciated his time if you do notice what he is drinking i think we mentioned this on air i'll spoil it right here he's drinking out a red solo cup he's drinking chocolate milk out of the red solo cup which popped me tremendously because i don't know many people who drink uh chocolate milk out of a red solo cup but i thought that was awesome that that's what he had in his cup. So everybody enjoy this interview with Bobby Flacco here on the Creator Spotlight. Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the Spotlight here on Fightful. I'm Stephen Jensen, as always, with Jeremy Lambert. And today we have the 2023 Scenic City Rumble winner. We have Bobby Flacco. Bobby, thank you for joining us. And yeah, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Not feeling good? Yeah, yeah, doing good, doing good. And I know you're doing, doing good. Well. Big weekend. Yeah. Big weekend just happened for you. Um, you know, as I just mentioned, uh, you know, you won the SCI Rumble. Uh, you've punched your ticket to the Scenic City Invitational Tournament, a very prestigious tournament, um, especially here in the Southeast. I'm from Atlanta. Um, that's, you know, which we're going to talk about. I'm very aware of your work, you know, through action wrestling and, you know, over the years in this in this scene. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just right off the top, man, how's it feel to be the uh, the Rumble winner? Man, it feels really fucking cool. It, it, uh, when you first come up, you like, you like try to like, you know, winning's cool, but I'm a smaller guy. So like winning is kind of a thing that you like, you try not to get excited about winning. I don't know if that may, like, makes sense or whatever, but like, uh, I, it really turned out that I really enjoyed having people have a reason to be excited for me. You feel me? Like that's a, um, that was just cool. And I definitely felt that like when I won that thing, like people really wanted me to win it and it was cool to like, kind of like realize it for the first time like you know you have a connection or whatever but when people are like happy that something happens for you and like genuinely happy and happy when you get a big opportunity like that and you get an opportunity to let them feel good you know it's it's pretty sick it's pretty sick i enjoyed it i want to ask about the you know after you won you're surrounded by the crowd and you know they're <laughs> going they're going with you here and what was that like like that was an awesome moment it was sick. It was sick. I was really trying to take it in because I really think I, uh, I had struggled to take in those big moments, especially like in the ring and like, uh, in that, in that type of situation. Um, and I just, fuck, I was tired. So I sat down and then when they crowded around me or whatever, it was just, 
man, man, it, it was cool. It was definitely the highlight. The, the, after the match, it was definitely the, the moment there was definitely the highlight of it for me. And everybody says that shit like it's about the moments, but not for real. That that was cool. That was that was definitely badass. And to feel that connection with them was sick, and I'm glad I was able to do that for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've. I mean, I expected the, you know, the big reaction because you've really made a name for yourself for the last, you know, handful of years, you know, especially in like the Southeast. And um, you're one of, if not the most over guys, you know, in action wrestling consistently, which I think is um, a real testament, honestly, because like that's a like that's a, a great crowd. And I love their shows. I think they have a lot of great talent, like a really top tier indie in my in my opinion. And they work so closely with SCI and with SUP and kind of all the surrounding uh, you know, brother and sister kind of promotions. Um, so is it one of those things where like, have, have you been feeling the momentum, like really building and like, you kind of feel like you're, you're really kind of like peaking right now um, in, in, in certain ways. I definitely think I'm reaping the benefits of work right now. Um, I don't know. Peak's kind of a strong word that I try to stay away from. I think, sure. I'm, I'm, I think I'm a long ways away from that to be perfectly honest with you, especially like, honestly, like in the ring, uh, there's a lot of guys that are a lot better than me in the ring, but I, uh, no, I just, I just think things are kind of coming together, you know, um, the, to the, with, with the character shit, with the motocross stuff. I think that's doing huge for me. Uh, I just think that, and I'm glad it's coming now when I'm a little bit more solid now that I can't, don't have to rely on it. You know, like I don't have to be just like a dirt bike guy. I can have like, you know, hard work just like starting to pay off a little bit, I guess, you know what I mean? For lack of a better term. And it's cool to like, see it for sure. Yeah, that's really more so, I guess, really what I was meaning to ask. And I guess I really didn't mean to ask if you were, felt as you were, as if you were peaking, but I guess really more so if things were really coming together right now. Because yeah. it really, it really does, it really does feel that way, especially because, like, and I don't, I, I'm going to get Jeremy get some questions in, uh, but, you know, I know, um, you know, you know, Jeremy, you, you go ahead. I'll, I got, I got plenty of stuff I, I want to get to. So, well, I was going to ask, I mean, you mentioned the motocross. I'm not going to wait on that. Like, I want to know, like, the motocross background and everything because I'm going to throw a name out there. I was a big motocross fan growing up. Jeremy McGrath, that was my guy. And, yeah. like, that that's what I, I got into it. And I didn't keep up with it a lot, but, like, I'd watch him on the X Games and everything. So, like, what you what got you started in motocross? Man, I uh, – actually, a friend of my dad's got me started in motocross. I started racing when I was – I was racing dirt bikes at four years old. When I was four, I started and I, and I, but I ended at like eight. So, you know, it's just like, it's an expensive sport and it's a, it's a lot to ask of a family. Uh, but that's why I'm just like dicking around with them now. But I mean, I was into them all, man. Jeremy McGrath was a goat when I was coming up and right, right. When I was really getting into it, like, it seems like we're talking about wrestling now, right. When I was really getting into it was when Ricky Carmichael was coming around. Okay. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you remember Ricky Carmichael. I do. Yeah. He was like the definite, definite goat now. And that was that era. And then it was like Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart and Chad Reed, which, fuck, man, I could talk about that little era of motocross forever. It was like epic. It was like epic, man. And uh, do people talk about that era? And like they make up a good point. I think we could apply to wrestling. Those And that little like that little like when you got those three peak motocross racers, they're making fucking millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And they've got they're into each other's characters and like. They fucking kind of hate each other in like a lot of way. But the point is like the money. Nobody gives a fuck about motocross anymore because people don't make money. And like, I think that's something that could be applied to like wrestling in like a little, little bit of a way. I don't know. I got off on a little bit of a tangent there. But yeah, like the Ricky Carmichael, James Stewart, like, like uh, that was the era for sure. 
I don't know much about motocross, but I definitely remember Ricky Carmichael because I remember yeah. I, I remember my friend had a birthday party. We went and saw that at the uh, at the Georgia Dome like a long time ago, and it was awesome. Like I'll never forget that. And I remember Ricky Carmichael was like the main guy. Oh, dude, you should fucking go to. I think they do it at. Uh, I think they do it at Atlanta Motor Speedway now. I'm gonna try to go this year. I can't remember when it is, but it's in Atlanta this year. Or it's in Atlanta every year, and I think they got a couple of dates, and I'm gonna try to go to one for sure. Supercross is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I, I remember watching a lot of uh, Step Up at the X Games. I love oh, that competition. Okay. And then, yeah, yeah, that that's that was McGrath. I would watch him. And then they did they added all the events to everything, all the different like races and stuff. And then they yeah. of course did Best Trick and Travis Pastrana would do some crazy stuff. But yes, uh, during that time, I was I was into it. Uh, Ricky Carmichael definitely a name that I remember because I think he won like the first like when they added racing to the X Games. Like Carmichael would win that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I definitely remember that era. But talk talk to me more about like comparing it to, to wrestling. So what would you say is like kind of the peak wrestling for you as like peak if peak motocross is the Ricky Carmichael era, like what what is sort of peak wrestling of like, hey, this is when like it was at its most popular, everybody was making that money and everybody was like really hooked into it. That's tough because I wanna say like that same era of, of wrestling, but that's because I was a kid and like that's how everybody feels. Does that, does that like make sense? Cause you think whatever, yeah. like, cause it's like the 2007, eight, nine or whatever, like yeah. maybe a little bit earlier, two, three, four, like that feels like it for me, but that's also when I was like a kid and watching it. Um, it's feels like it's bigger, right? Big right now. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't know. That might not be what everybody thinks right now, but I think that just everything is huger right now. You know what I mean? Um, but for me, like I said, it's a, it's a tough one because like that like peak to me and my definite like personally is that same era with like the 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 Rey Mysterio, the JBL, the Eddie, the the John Cena, that type of stuff. But it feels a little personal. I'm not gonna lie, it feels a little personal. <laughs> I think for people like us growing up, we I mean I think I can speak for Jensen here. We grew up like Attitude Era, like felt mm-hmm. like peak Austin Rock and everything. It's like oh, it's never gonna get bigger than this but i think in some ways like you're right like nowadays it does feel bigger in just the overall scope of it and now we have two major companies again and social media is such a big thing to where it feels like so many people are talking about even though television ratings are what they are and everything and they might be down compared to the attitude era stuff yeah i would imagine like whenever you're growing up that's when it feels like the absolute biggest and through nostalgia eyes like everything feels like the biggest uh, at that time when you're growing up but is it so that's when you got into wrestling like the jbl the ray mysterio like who is the 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 cena like who is the guy that like you you saw and you're like okay i can i'm into this i, I dig this i like started going back to like wwe.com when it was like that ray and jbl time when i could watch those highlights because like my dad watched it all the time or not all the time i would watch it sometimes with my dad like on monday but my mom didn't have tv so i would just go on wwe.com and like that is the era specifically i remember just watching uh jbl and ray highlights and then that was like the eddie and like the booker t and like that type of just that that era for sure it's funny that um you got in during the jbl era because so many people while that was happening like kind of like my era fan which is just a little bit a little bit older than like like we're talking probably like i got into it kind of like mid 90s so we, we all went through the attitude era all that stuff and then a lot of people like despise the jbl title run 
like of my generation. We thought that he was like the worst champion. We're not going to watch the show anymore. But honestly, like in hindsight, and you can say that about a lot of the ruthless aggression, ruthless aggression era type stuff. In hindsight, I think looking back, like that stuff was actually a lot better than how I felt about it. And it was only because I was coming off of thinking that it couldn't get any bigger than like Goldberg and the rock and Hollywood Hogan and all that stuff. You know what I mean? So I think, I think everything we're talking about, like is totally true. Yeah. That perspective for sure. You look back and you're like, I, I, I was a little younger, so I like really hated JBL, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yes, that perspective. Uh, I'm going to switch gears to getting back to more current wrestling and your career a little bit. Uh, you wrestled in 205 live and part of the Thunderdome. Era. What, what was Jesus. what was that experience like the infamous thunderdome no it yeah. was cool um it just uh it came from just a little bit series of my career where i was getting a lot of extra work or whatever and i just dropped a little hint that i'd be in town a little longer i never lived in florida but i was there for a long time and i dropped the, told the dude i'd be around for a little longer and it just came up they needed somebody for 205 live they needed three people for 205 live and um I was able to do it. Yeah, it was sick. I learned a lot. I wasn't near, I, you know, I, I, I know business being there, you know what I mean? But uh, it was it was cool. I got to learn a lot. I got to take in a lot. The Thunderdome is wild and it's cool. I, I can know a lot. Not a lot of people can say that, you know, they got to work in the Thunderdome. So that was cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, where's some of the time... stuff? Oh, sorry. Go, Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to ask some of the stuff that, uh, that you learned. You mentioned you learned a lot in like a short time there. Some of the stuff you can talk about. Oh, man. Man, I good. I, I got like a crazy lesson in selling there. Um, I was just doing like that. That's the reason I said it out loud because it was huge for me. Like, and I'm trying to like figure out a way to put it. Like, you know, I was just making it too hard. Like, just doing like the weird face thing, and like I was knocked out all the time, and like, you know what I mean? Like, weird flipping around and doing weird shit with my body when you can just like touch your touch your whatever hurts and like feel like have a good face on you and like look into somebody's eyes and be like dude this shit fucking hurts you know what i mean and it's just you know i just was able to get that lesson at a bigger stage there so it was cool to sink it in you know what i mean was there any like anyone in particular that you want to like shout out that like you know people that people would know that maybe gave you some advice honestly it was people who watched it um, and uh, who watched me after that little period. And uh, I don't want to talk about who was in like the backstage or whatever. That's fine. Somebody, somebody who said, it, uh, a, a guy who said it again, and you know, my dumb ass, I got to hear everything fucking twice. The person who said it the second time was Leon Ruff, and that's my fucking guy. And I think I've, uh, I've uh, switched a little gear since then as well. That wasn't like directly after 205 Live, but I was like still doing that same shit. And like when I went to when two people like say this, say something to you, you know what I mean? Like it really clicks. The 205 Live, like or Thunderdome era, they weren't like bringing in a ton of people during that no. either, like a ton of extra because of obviously the COVID stuff. So to, to be on during that, what was it like, like wrestling just in the Thunderdome in front of the really the screens? There's no crowd there or anything. Dude, it was different. Shit. It was, well, you know, it was during COVID, so it was better than fucking nothing. You know what I mean? It was like, it, it, it was during the time when I was wrestling, we were in front of no people sometimes. So it was better. It was different. It was like, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of that shit. But it was definitely better than nothing. I kind of appreciate it a little bit now that I think about it. Is there anybody that, that you've shared the ring with? And maybe it was the 205 Live experience of when you when you wrestled them and just something clicked in your head of like, okay, like I, I'm I'm here, I belong. And you mentioned that, you know, you haven't peaked yet or anything, but it just clicked of like, hey, I'm good at this and I can see myself doing this for just a very long time. I think that particular there's a lot of clicking in my head moments for sure. Wrestling Kurt Stallion at Action One was a long a one a long time ago, and it wasn't one of like that, like it's less validation and more like, well, kind of validation. Like I, for me, learning a lesson is is a good validation. You know, like learning uh, learning by doing. You know what I mean? It's not that I did so good, but like I it, it, I, I did do good and I did do the right thing. So by doing that, I fucking like learned that is that is that weird like does that make sense you know what i mean yeah and of course you talk to people afterwards and stuff like that but but so i guess you're right it was really validating in a way but also like you realize the good and the bad you're doing you know it's it's just as good to know the good things you're doing as the bad for sure um someone i definitely wanted to to ask you about that you're closely linked to is is brogan finley um y'all obviously airbnb um you know kind of what are your thoughts on brogan i just kind of want because he's a name that i feel like is like still really under the radar but obviously he's the son of a fit finley and you know it's like you it's one of those things where like i, I feel like he has a, a bright future and i kind of saw like i i feel like i might have even seen his first match like ever i, I feel like I, I was watching him in like action wrestling when he had had like no matches um so if you want to talk a little bit about brogan just to kind of let people know kind of of your team and your relationship with him dude I guess I talked about selling already, so it's whatever. But not uh, me and the I, I grew up with the Finley family. I went to the, uh, we all went to the same high school, and I'm actually David's age. I'm a, I'm the same age as David, but he was like, yeah, I'm the same age as David. Um, so me and Brogan go back fucking like more than ten years, way more than ten years. You know what I mean? So it's all really super duper duper surreal, and I think. Uh, talking about those lessons, like I've really gotten a lot of those good lessons recently working with Brogan and not only working with Brogan, but being around to hear the, how Brogan's family feels about the match. I don't want to go, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to, you know what I mean? Being around to hear the critiques from that side of the family is, has been tremendous for myself and I think for Brogan. Um, so that's like uh it's less less matches and more just like little eras of my career that's definitely like a little when i started teaming with brogan and like having matches and programs with brogan is really a huge click for me you know because um you know you can say what you want about him he's, he's a fucking kid so give him a break first of all you know what i mean and also he he's just got you know he's just, there's just an undeniable like knowledge that he, him and his family have and like he's 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 you know he's getting so good in the ring right now you know what i mean and he's he, it's only up for broken for sure dude it's only up for broken and i really uh i'm appreciative of our like our the relationship i have with their family david and i were on the high school wrestling team together and so we like his family was always there bringing snacks and all that shit so yeah it's it's even just interesting like 
that we all ended up wrestling. You know what I mean? When I was a kid, I thought you had to be like David and Bergen, Bergen to wrestle. You know what I mean? But then I saw like training schools and stuff. So, and like, we've always been friends, you know what I mean? It's, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting development and a cool relationship for sure. Well, I, I was going to ask, you know, speaking of training, you're, you're trained by A.R. Fox, who's, you know, one of the best as well, of course. Like how, how did like that come together? And also, I mean, having that opportunity of like having the Finleys around, I mean, that's, what what opportunities that you, that you have there that most people just just would never have access to? Oh, dude, I should be way farther, right? No, well, no, 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 no. no. You're going, this is a testament <laughs> to how good you are so fast. <laughs> so. I'm so I'm so fucking lucky, dude, and I'm so lucky with Fox too because like I didn't do like my research or nothing like that. I had a friend, uh, you've seen him at Action Garuda. He's from Noonan too. Noonan. Noonan too um they're they're he's friends with them uh well i was saying yeah i was uh just doing whatever fucking living life and garuda starts training at the wwa4 and i eventually uh i eventually just go up there and start checking into it and checking it out and eventually join and start training i love the fox's vibe i loved uh i love the atmosphere it was in it was in a fucking strip club like in the back of a strip club that when the WWA four back in the day on uh, full industrial like it's a crazy little neighborhood um that was i loved it and i'm i'm lucky that i like i said i got into doing my research so i'm lucky that fox turned out to be one of the turned out to be one of the best in the world for real he's the guy and i'm super honored to have the relationship that i have with fox and uh-huh. it's uh, helped me a lot how does it feel seeing the the um, the uh, kind of uh, that's the word I'm looking for? He's been around a long time, um, you know, and a lot of people knew him through Lucha Underground, but like um, kind of the uh, I don't know if the respects the right word because the respects always been there, but I guess he has, he has a lot of eyes and a lot of people are talking about. His, he's on AEW now. Like, how does it feel to see all that? Dude, it feels good, man. It feels good to just feel him. Be, oh man, I just love Fox so much, bro. It it feels good to be able to know that he's good man i mean he's always the, the school's been there always and to just, just know that like he's he's made it you know what i mean like nobody puts more into this shit than fucking fox like nobody and he puts everything into the school and every and everything into his matches and to have been able to do the evolve tours with him and like and then to see him now bro it's just amazing and like he's like he's just like he he's enjoying the fuck out of it and that's like the best part you know, he's, it's, it's a crazy, it's like a Cinderella shit. You know, you, you couldn't be happier for fucking Fox, man. I'm super, super happy. I mean, you mentioned uh, jokingly, I think, uh, like you should be further along everything. I think AR Fox is a testament of like, there's, there's no quick journey to a lot of this stuff because AR Fox should have been on television years ago and he finally yep. just made it this year. And like, it is great to, mm-hmm. to see all that pay off for him so please do not be hard on yourself of like i should i should be further along i hope it is that was an actual joke <laughs> nah i was just fucking around dude nah and it's uh it's it's inspirational too it's like it's almost like seeing fox eat right now just goes back to the to the way it fucking used to be like you got to put a lot of fucking work in and you got to be for real one of the best if you want to be treated like fox is being treated right now you know what i mean and i think it only it just took you from talking from the stories like i know like it only took like that from from one for people telling fox 
con about Fox, but then once they figured out who he is and what he's capable of, and every he's friends with, bruh, everybody in that bitch, everybody in that shit, and that has a huge amount of respect for him. And as soon as he figured that out, like he was given that spot that he deserved. And I guess that what I'm trying to say is like, it just go. It's good to see that when you do put that work in and you do become that person, you that that reward does happen for somebody like Fox, and it's it's just fucking sick to see. Well, with the Seating City tournament coming up, like who do you have your your eye on? Of like, I, I want to you know get in the ring with this guy and, and see see what they're about. I guess we'll have to see who's coming, right? Well, you know, call somebody out right now, and you know, maybe it will it'll lead to well, them being there. We'll get in the year of Scott Hensley, and we'll start telling people you know, who we won the tournament, and we'll just yeah. keep this whole thing put together. Um, no, but I mean, I know you've you've mixed it up with a lot of the people that I'm I'm expecting to be there. Um, you know, but I I mean, they always bring in surprises as well. So yeah, I'm interested to know who you who, like to wrestle with that thing. Oh man, dude, I don't know. Oh no. We can you manifest I mean? these things. I'm big into manifestation. We can manifest this. Oh, dude. If there's one thing I like less than putting myself over, it's fucking manifesting things, dude. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> brought up the wrong thing. Oh, shit. My bad. I love that. That's so funny. I'm just kidding. I don't want to call nobody out, bro, but I appreciate the spirit of what you're asking for sure. Uh, I don't know, man. It'll be a lot of. It, I'm super fucking excited, and I know they always bring the best of the best. Like if you look at all the um, tournaments from the years past, like you look at Garcia, they're the Myron Reed. They're just always bringing in, for real, the best of the best. And that's my favorite thing about this. That whole little circle is not only do they bring like, you know, at least an attempt at a quality production. Like they really just fucking care. You know what I mean? Like, ain't nobody making no money at this shit. And they, or at least, you know what I mean? I don't want to say it like that, but nobody's getting rich off of this shit. And they really just care about, like, us. You know what I mean? So they're, I'm excited to see who they're going to bring for sure. And I'm sure they're going to bring somebody at a high level that we can all learn from. I hope so. And I hope I get to wrestle somebody I can fucking learn from. That's what I want to say, Scott Hensley. Just yeah. Give me somebody I can learn a big-ass lesson from. Dude, you never know, man. They they were in so many, so many people. Like you said, you got like the Danny Garcia's of the world. But I mean, Rem, one year they brought in Nick Gage, wrestled in a you know a high school gym there. You know, I mean, it was yeah. it was nuts. Um, so uh, so it could it could anyone could show up at that thing. Um, speaking of people who could probably show up, um, someone who shows up at all the action shows, and someone who showed up on our show at least four times now. I think four times. Um, I want your opinion on this guy. Um, one of the action wrestling commentators, jumping Johnny Mosley is a regular here on this show. Um, yeah. give, give a shout out to Mose here on the show, if, <laughs> if you would, Flacco. Oh, dude, Mose knows he's my fucking guy, man. I fucking love Mose. I appreciate what he brings to the table, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How important is it to have guys like Mose and Dylan and those kind of guys like on commentary, like, uh, helping kind of tell y'all stories? It's vastly important. It's so important. Um, damn, I'm real spoiled at the moment with a lot of like good commentators and stuff like that. But you do, but once you like, everybody's heard it bad and not in great commentary is even better from guys like Dylan and uh, from like Dylan and Moe's too. You know what I mean? And it's even better when you uh, get to know them. It's even better when you get to know them and uh, you can feel the emotion. They really get into what's happening for you. You know, uh, Dylan's good at getting up really good at 
telling the story they're trying to tell over however long the broadcast is, you know. Um, I just appreciate the fuck out of them both. They're good. They're good dudes, for sure. Has Has Moe's ever taken you to Sonic? No, nah, I haven't had the pleasure. <laughs> okay, that's it, a deep cut on our show. Yeah, that is that is. It's very. Know. Have you been to Sonic? Like, what's your favorite I'm, Sonic order? You know, I think they got they got what's the they got tots right? Yeah, they do. Tots. They got tots. I don't only yes. get some something toddy over there. Yeah, something they got weird shit like corn dogs and stuff. I'll get something like that. I'm probably not gonna try to get a get a big old meal at Sonic, but yeah, most most told a story about getting um ice cream with Nick Gage at Sonic one time, and it's just oh, yeah, it's very very random. How I just that's two random Nick Gage stories back to back that had nothing to do with this, but um. But yeah, man, <laughs> I I've got all these dream matches in mind, but I feel like I've seen you wrestle so many of the guys already. Another one of the guys that come, that's come on a few times, uh, Cole Roger. He wrestled him recently on GCW Settlement Series. Um, what's it been like to see? You got like a whole group of y'all that I feel like have just over the last like five years or so have just like come up together from all over these different parts of the world. And I just feel like this whole kind of new wave is happening because people are always going to be getting signed. And there's always going to be spots opening. So I see guys like you, I see guys like Cole, and a lot of the people we're talking about, guys like Eric Royal, who you eliminated last in the uh, in the SCI Rumble. Like, uh, just how's it, I mean, how's it feel to just be a part of this whole kind of just next wave? It's great, man. I'm uh, I'm super fortunate. That's a match uh, that Cole asked for at GCW, so I was very honored to have that. And we're gonna like run it back again. And he not only did he ask for that shit, he. It was a show where it was after JCW. Yeah, we had both wrestled on JCW right before that. Yeah. And he was in like a lucha fucking double death trying nine tag team <laughs> something. He was in some shit and he comes limping back like, all right, what do you want to do, brother? Like, oh, I, just, I just can't. Uh, I just can't. I don't even know how to say like how much that means to me. You know what I mean? And uh, I know we're going to do it again. And I'm, I'm super duper looking forward to it. That's a good dude for sure. You should do it at the next SpongeBob tournament that I'm going to bully Cole Radrick into running the, the Smitty Worgen Jager hand Manson tournament part two that he's told me he's going to run in Indiana. So bully him into doing that. If you don't mind Jensen, you got to get in on this as well. We're going to get Bobby booked and we're going to get this SpongeBob tournament part two. Uh, I want to switch gears from pro wrestling for a second besides motocross. Like what do you like to do in your downtime? Um, I fucking got real into traveling recently. Um, I mean, I've got, I've got my life to where I can like work or wrestle or and like and work and go towards like the next travel. So I'm super excited about all that shit. I saw the Costa Rica vlog. Like, what was what was that like? Yeah, I went. Uh, I took a week in Costa Rica. I've done like Peru and Chile. I wrestled in Chile before, uh, but I did Costa Rica just because I got a friend out there. I don't know if you, when you guys were watching, if you guys watched the end of Evolve, there's a referee called Kai Douglas who uh, we became homies with, and he goes to Costa Rica a lot. And I eventually just got a ticket and fucking went with him too. And uh, yeah, I've been trying to put the space, the blogs out a little bit. We spent like a week there. So I just dropped the one about, we, we rented motorcycles and like went to Panama or to the Panama border. And shit like that. We got sprayed by crop dust planes. Like, the you know, the fucking, like, <laughs> like, spraying pesticide on the bananas and shit. 
We was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, crazy. no. I call it Three of us just driving motorcycles, just yellow shit all over our goggles. And shit. <laughs> it was wild. It all over my eyes. Well, what's what's was, been like your favorite place to travel so far? Two part question. And then where's a place that like you really want to go to and you gotta make sure, all right, I've gotta go here before, you know, in this life. I guess so many places I wanna go to. I've really uh I really enjoy Peru and then I really enjoy Chile. Peru for like a travel thing and shoot, man, fuck Costa Rica was so cool too though, man. I get for real live in Costa Rica. It's uh it's not like it's not like Honduras, it's not like El Salvador, it's uh there's like no military, it's a very different and interesting culture. I mean there's bad there's bad shit. I got into some fucking shit. But there's just a uh oh man, pura vida, man. That's what they call it, pura vida. There's just a crazy culture to where like Bro, I did volunteer day and like at 3 30, that was it. We were done. We were going to the beach. They were like, I was like, what about these paintbrushes? Just like, leave them the fuck there. Leave those paintbrushes there and we're out. It's 3 30, Pura Vida. Like, they got, they're nobody's in a hurry. Like, property is affordable and they got like encouraging things for foreigners to be there. And it's not like a, it's not like a cartel dangerous country. I don't know what the fuck they got figured out. They got something figured out because they still got to go through there. But I don't know what's happening. But it's I visited before. It's a really it's, it's beautiful out there. Oh, you've been in Costa Rica? I've been. I've been once. Yeah, I mean, I drank you know way too many liquid marijuanas at the resort, and I don't remember a ton of it. But I mean, it was I, it was. It was. Did you go to Puerto Viejo? I, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> That's like was it like the, Was it like in the Caribbean? I think so. Was it? it like was, the, resorty but like yeah like hilton but not like hilton and all that shit it was like fucking bullfrog or whatever like yeah Austin type shit yeah yeah something like that i think that's where i was staying but we had a airbnb in the jungle like you know how it's like on the mountain yeah yeah yes yeah we was up in the mountain a couple uh, a couple miles and we were fucking staying up there that's awesome but, man we did a little like atv tour around um yeah, like yeah. the area and stuff very very cool yeah man that that, I haven't been too many places because I'm not good on airplanes and Jeremy Jeremy knows that as well. But like <laughs> um so I gotta kinda try to keep it local the best I can or or, or or do miles in the in the car. But uh but yeah, man, that's cool. Puerto Rico. Costa Rica. Did you say Costa Rica or Puerto Rico? Costa, I've been to Costa, Rica. Costa Rica. Costa Rica, I'm sorry. Rica, yeah. I've been to Puerto Rico as well. Have you been to Puerto Rico? Uh when I was like in high school, yeah, I went to Puerto Rico. I definitely gotta go back soon. That's a do that's a real like uh doable one too. Uh, yeah, Jamaica is another one. That's like the only other place that I've been to that you know. But it was like a, once again a, res- a resort. You unfortunately have to drive through a lot of areas where it's like, oh damn, like what's going on here? And then like, you get to like the really nice resort, which is like really confusing. It really confused me as a kid being there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I do remember it being beautiful at the resort. But I don't know if that's like wait, is that is that some like bucket list other bucket list places that you've got. Man, I'm still going to go to Bolivia. I don't know if I'm going to go this year. Bolivia is a wild, wild country. Uh, my friends are going this year. Uh, Zinchi is going, and he's got some other dudes going with him. But I gotta, I'm got i putting a, cup, a South America trip together, too, this year, but I just can't swing Bolivia this time. But it's like a buck-wild country. Like, you got to 
you got to stay like a couple like a couple of days maybe a week to get the altitude right before you wrestle like there's just llamas everywhere like you you put your llama in a taxi like this shit's fucking crazy out there and it's where all the coke's at it's like if you really look up where where it's at it's like bolivia colombia then peru uh but yeah there's a lot of wild shit going on in colombia and it's like and in bolivia in bolivia and it's like very like i mean peru's got the mountains and the in the rainforest too but like bolivia is just wild it's all over the place i wanted i wanted that challenge for sure i wanted that big challenge before i go somewhere crazy like i want to go everywhere like i'm gonna go to india south asia all that shit. but i think if i can handle bolivia then i can handle some other spots too it's very adventurous to just go out there and you don't know what kind of trouble you, you could get into out there so I, I commend you to for checking these places out um i was gonna ask like if you when you go out there like do you always look to, to wrestle out there or is it just just kind of go out there and just explore learn new things um in south america i've i'm mostly wrestling uh and you know it's a, it's a mixture of both i'll definitely i'm always looking at kayak which is like the, one of those travel apps and like, if I see a ticket that, you know, I can't refuse, like you might, you might as well take it, you know, but not, nah, I, I do try to do it with wrestling a lot, but sometimes not, you know, sometimes just go and be there. Uh, but like, in, like in some places there's not a lot, like this year in our South America thing is starting in May and we're starting in, they're going to Ecuador. I'm not going to Ecuador. I can't, I got too many, like, I just don't have time. Good then it's Ecuador, Colombia, Peru, Chile, Argentina, and then they're going to Bolivia. I can't make it to Bolivia, but that's all going to have wrestling in it. So I'm super excited about that. There's a shit ton of wrestling in Chile. That's where most of it's going to be. There's like one weekend in Bolivia. Or I'm sorry, one weekend in Argentina and like one weekend in Colombia, but there's a shit ton in Chile. It's, there's a culture there. I'm sure y'all know some guys from Chile. So there's girls from Chile too. What's the uh, like craziest venue you you've wrestled at? Whether it was it is in a different country or in America. Huh. Hmm. Dude, some of the first ones were crazy. Like some of those like antique mall barn type shits. <laughs> Done some barn type stuff. Um, definitely been some fancy ones. I really like the Orpheum in in uh, Tampa. The Orpheum's cool. Uh, I don't know. All the uh, the venues in Chile, the venue I was at in Chile was pretty cool for Chile Lucha Libre. It's like half house. It's like you like go open up and it's like, you know, almost sheet metal looking ish little arena where they're selling little fucking stuff on the grill. And then like beyond that, it's like there's just somebody's house kind of just smushed in there to the left right there. You keep going down the hall, like down the right, there's a bathroom and it's just like interesting. The way people make use of space is cool. Like I noticed in other places too, like some of the Airbnbs you stay at are just like, I mean, I guess they're compared to, you know, you think about studio apartments here, I guess it's like the same shit, but the way people make use of space out there is wild too. Uh, Speaking of, you know, cool venues, I saw you live at center stage in Atlanta at GCW Astronaut. Uh, what was that experience like? Oh, uh, man, that... Whew. 
You saw the, which one, the scramble or the other? The one? scramble. Well, I've been to both. I've been to both the GCW Center Stage uh, shows. I was, but I was thinking of the one with like you and Rico. Um, oh, oh no, so that was a tag team match, wasn't it? I'm thinking of a Not tag a- team match. Was it? Yeah, me and Rico. Did, we, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. We did have. There was like a tag team match the first time, but then we had a scramble. That's right. I've, I'm getting the two mixed together, but yes, yes, I've, I've, I've saw both. But what was 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 it like not just working for GCW, but also at Center Stage in Atlanta. That shit's huge, bro. I used to go. I went. I went and saw MGK there one time back in the day at Center Stage. Um, so that and not you know. And my I, my friends rap too, and they would rap at the the smaller venue in Center Stage. But we was at fucking Center Stage. That shit was cool, and that 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 match, man, that shit, bro. It just came together for us, dude. And those are my fucking home. Like I could, I don't even I don't think I could pick six guys I'd rather have a scramble with. Like, yeah, for real. it was uh, it was, was you, Rico, Brogan, Hunter Drake, Sean Campbell, and Teriyaki. That was uh, yeah. that was the match. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to all those guys. They all got something super special and unique, for sure. For oh, sure. Man. When I found out I was going to win the Rumble, I was like, all right, I got to watch Rico because he wins matches really good. <laughs> he, gets, he loves it when he wins matches. Like, he, he, he's, he's good at that. Um, um, but, dude, it was badass, man. And to do the dirt bike shit in at, at center stage, bro, it was definitely my favorite match of my life so far, and it was a scramble. But... It was just too, 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 too much fun. I don't think yeah. I've ever felt a vibe like that being in that match for sure. It was an awesome match. I hope they bring you back in. They're going to be here next month, um, center stage again. I'm, I'm hoping to see you there. And, uh, you know, one of the guys that um, was in that match was Hunter Drake. Do you see he won the Haas tournament this weekend as well? That's awesome, dude. Not Drake, Drake's the, Drake's the man out there. Drake's the man out there. He, uh, He's just so easy to work with and so fun to, to fucking wrestle. I'm glad he got that shit. I'm glad he got that shit for sure. Yeah, he was another one of those guys that was grinding for a while through like New South. I remember his tag team with Tyler Franks, the uh, Talladega Knights and stuff. And like both of them just sort of kind of like you and Brogan, like, you know, gone off doing your own things now and stuff, which is really cool to see. Mm-hmm. No, it's beautiful, man. I, uh, those are, that's a good group of guys for sure. Do you have any plans for uh, WrestleMania weekend? Are you heading out to, to LA to be part of any, any events there? Yeah, I got my ticket uh, to go out there. Um, yeah, at this point, I'm just like I'm on like, you know, I can be in any I can be in any building with GCW. So at this point, I'm just gonna pull up on them and see what's up and see how I can help and see see what's popping. Uh, I think. Uh, I don't think that starts till Thursday. I think I'm going to go see violence, uh, go check out violence and suffering on that Wednesday show. Um, see what they're talking about. That seems like a really, really good show. Uh, but other than that, dude, I don't know. I want to fucking see what LA is about. I've never been to LA. I want to like, I'm in, like I speak Spanish obviously. So like, I'm, I want to get in, I want to do some of the music out there. There's a lot of corridos out there and corridos are really cool. It's one of my favorite types of music. So, want to listen to that shit live i've been to la brief stopover and very just a touristy walk of fame type of thing that's my only la experience but i it's obviously going to be a big weekend it's gonna be a packed weekend and even if you don't have anything there's so many shows Mm -hmm. show up and get bring your gear that's that's a saying right just always bring your gear oh yeah gotta bring it with you i'm just trying to find some cholos in la 
and see what's happening. <laughs> uh, last one before we get you out of here, Bobby, what's the coolest thing in your room? We ask everyone. So like, if you can go get it for us, even better. Um, but yeah, coolest thing in your room. Dude, I barely got in bed, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's where I I live out on the farm, so that's where I like hide my life savings. You know, it's not you know hide my pennies. So I guess my little green box is where my, my weed and my pennies go. You know, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Do you have any yeah, animals? Do you have any animals on this farm? Yeah, we got a horse and a couple of dogs. Nice. Um, it's it's you know it's like six or seven acres. It's like leftover horses because my sister and uh, well, my grandparents always had horses growing up. Um, and they're like next door and my sister always rode horses and shit. And she still has a couple that she owns, uh, like on another property, but she like jumps them and trains them and does all that shit. So we got the leftover one right now. One of them just actually died. They were super old, one was super old, you know? Um, but we still got a couple of horses left here kicking it with us. You know, they're not like, uh, they're here be like, their feet aren't fucked up, but you can't ride this one. This one's like, you can't like ride them. So you don't got, you know, there's no, they no bed over there. And they, so they let, we let them stay here. All right. I do have a question. Is that a pinball machine behind you? Yeah. 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 Oh, it, come on. Now you have a pinball That's machine. It's a, it's a Godzilla pinball machine and it's, it's bro. It's broken. It wouldn't be collecting dust if it wasn't fucked up. Okay. Yeah, it's a Godzilla I so thought it was. And then it's pretty the, quite often. The second part of that, have you talked to Billy Starks about the farm life? Because according to her dad, that is what she wants to do when she retires. Yeah, we just wrestled each other too. It was recent. Oh man, she's she's so good. I really enjoyed working here. But yeah, we'll see if she's about it, dude. I fucking um especially out where my sister's at. We'll put her the fuck to work. I don't know if she's ever shoveled shoveled shit before. That would be awesome to see if Billy can handle a day on the farm. <laughs> her dad said she wants to live on a farm once once it's all said and done for her. So you know Dude. you can you can get her get her initiated early here. See if she is about the farm life. See if uh, she's about it. She, she reminds me of this like this. I met this European girl in Costa Rica, and she was like just going to people's farms and just working on fucking people's farms in Costa Rica. And she's from like fucking Iceland or some or Finland or some shit. She's like, yeah, I'm just going to work on the farm. You know, they have half wild horses, half regular. And I'm like, you're a badass bitch. So Billy, if that girl can do that, I think Billy can come to the farm and get it done. There we go. Hey, look, you got something to talk about next time Next time you see her. Yeah, for sure. Bobby, we appreciate it. Let everybody know uh, where they can find you at. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I think I got it all dialed in. My Instagram is Bobby underscore Flacco underscore four. That's where uh, it's like all wrestling, like wrestling and travel stuff. My YouTube is Bobby Flacco Four, and my Twitter is Bobby Flacco Four. Um, there's a couple of old profiles, but if you look for four seconds, you'll probably. I don't even think they come up anymore. Um, but yeah, and the YouTube man, if if any, like if you guys have anything, man. Like fuck with that YouTube because I, you know, wrestling's great and all, but I think like doing like a, I think that's a good place to put some marbles of my effort in. So if anybody could support the YouTube, Bobby Flacco Ford, um, it's traveling and wrestling. Uh, my most popular videos, I wrestled Allison K one time, and it's got like a hundred thousand video views, and my travel view videos get like thirty. 
30 views. So we could get those up a little bit. <laughs> Guys, all the links are, are below. So you can, uh, in the description of the video, oh, click on all the links. Oh, yeah, we, we, get, we get the hook up here. We, we got all the set up. You can click the link below. There you go. Uh, support Bobby. Uh, check out his travel videos. Check out his wrestling videos. Congratulations again on, on winning the Rumble this past weekend and look forward to seeing seeing more of you in the future thank you again for joining us uh today we appreciate it yes, thank uh, you. guys thanks for tuning in and we'll be right back here on the spotlight we're back big thank you to bobby flacco again everyone can support bobby check him out go check out his twitter go check out his youtube all of the links are down there below go subscribe to his youtube channel everybody go go check out all his travels and all his wrestling matches Big shout out, big thank you to Bobby Flacco for joining us. Uh, watch the SEI uh, Rumble. It is on IWTV. Everyone can go watch that right now. So go check out the SEI Rumble on IWTV. Use the code Fight Talk, guys. We'll be back next Thursday. Myself and Steven Jensen talking all the world, all the news in the world of professional wrestling. Until then, you get all these plugs out there. Fightful overbooked. Head over there. New content daily on that channel right now drop today my interview with cole radrick uh talking about his time on the independent scene i'm trying to bully him into doing the spongebob tournament as you mentioned or as you heard me mention with bobby flacco uh so go check out cole he's a he's a big uh big friend of the show he's been on the show multiple times we love talking to cole he's the best go check out cole's twitch channel as well uh shout out shout out to cole radrick he rules so go check out that interview on Fightful Overbooked. We also have an episode of Indeed that premiered last night with Mike and Reg. Everyone can watch that now. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast feed. We're on all your favorite podcast platforms, or so I've been told. Uh, go go subscribe. Leave us some thumbs up on the YouTube. Leave us some five-star reviews on the podcast channel, along with Indeed, along with my interview with Cole Radrick. Uh, we have Tag Talk that is every Monday. We have FMC that is every Tuesday morning. That is myself and SP3 talking about not wrestling. Uh, if you just enjoy basketball, the world of reality television, that is the show for you. Tag Talk is uh, Haley or Kylie and a special guest. Uh, Haley will be back at some point, but talking the world of a pro tag team wrestling in the world of professional wrestling. Fridays, we have coexisting with Rob and Maggie. Saturdays, we have Newsworthy with myself and Joel Pearl talking about uh, articles, the news that you read on Fightful.com. And Sundays is Joel and Tim and Kate Plus 8 recapping the week in wrestling. So new content every single day on Fightful Overbooked. Live shows almost every single day, potentially adding another live show with Steven Jensen mentioned we'll let everybody know what's going on with that when we have more details on that as far as the fightful schedule here on youtube.com slash fightful we have day after dynamite at 3 p.m eastern with will washington i believe denise salcedo was on the show today i will be there i'm gonna level up the show at 3 p.m eastern that's right get ready everybody dad gets leveled up today here on youtube.com slash fightful uh later on tonight we have the ROH post show with Kate and Righteous Reg. Immediately following that same stream, you don't have to click anywhere else, will be the Impact post show with Joel Pearl and Cresta. So that is a singular stream, ROH and Impact review here on youtube.com slash Fightful. Head over to Fightful.com. Check out all the, the, the news from the day. Head over to FightfulSelect.com. Check out all the breaking news. Otherwise, we'll be back next Thursday. Myself, Stephen Jensen, covering the world of professional wrestling, including WWE, AEW, 
ROH, Impact, New Japan, the Independence, anything and everything we feel like talking about here on the spotlight. Guys, we appreciate it. We appreciate the love, the support. Uh, everyone, go enjoy your Thursday. Enjoy your Thursday out in the world. Bye, everyone. Take care. Have a good day. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.